Welcome to another episode of Pop Vulture, guys. Today we're talking Nickelodeon. Here we are. Um, very excited to uh, be back here because for some reason we have the hardest time getting things together. Um, you're listening to Pop Vulture. My name is John Jerome. I'm here with my brother Aaron. Aaron, how are you? Doing all right. It's been, I don't know, a month now, right? We've been away for a little while. We had the holidays, had uh, the flu season. Yep. The, yeah, that's what it was. It was the holidays leading into the flu season. Well, we did everyone else a service. I mean, because last time we sat down, it was... Um, not the best condition for both of us to be recording. Yeah, so we thought against it. We decided we'll pass it on until our noses are just a little bit clearer and uh, come and do this podcast for you. Yeah, again. make no mistake. I'm never going to sound great. But if I'm not sneezing and coughing and hacking up a lung, uh, I shouldn't be doing this. It's the truth. Because, like, you know, we got through the holidays. And I'm usually good through the holidays. But, that you know, we live in the Northeast, so it's just cold and shitty all the time. And I've been feeling like dog poop. Like, seriously, like steamy, hot, little bit of runny type dog poop that you see in the middle of summer when the sun's just beating down on it. Yeah, like dog got into the trash, you had Chinese food, and, you know, just liquid dreams for the dog, right? That's a good point. I had Chinese food last night, and I feel like shit today. Hmm, I wonder why that is. Uh, that's weird. Did you have Mai Tais, too? No, I did not have Mai Tais. I thought against drinking last night, because I wanted to have a couple drinks, but I thought I'm going to be with Aaron tomorrow in the morning to record the podcast. I want to be feeling good, because, you know, nobody wants to be hungover when they're at work. That's weird, because I did the opposite. Last night we had Mexican, and I decided that I should have multiple margaritas. <laughs> I even went with the spicy jalapeno one, and then so I went with good. like some like coconut one. And to be honest, my stomach is still in pain from the evening before. Uh, I have not eaten a lot of food, let alone drank that many drinks in before Thanksgiving. Even at Thanksgiving dinner, I didn't have that much food. I had like a glass of wine and like a reasonable plate well that's the tough thing though with the mexican food i mean you eat mexican food it's delicious but it definitely doesn't sit well a lot of times and then you mix in this super acidic you know margarita mix and just imagine the concoction in there like a burrito and just a bunch of sour mix screaming around no, I, I, if i went with the poblano chimichanga i think it would have been okay yeah because that poblano sauce will coat that little mixture in your stomach right. it's like my lanta it's perfect i went with um what was it the uh azteca so it's like shredded chicken with like cactus and cheese and beans and uh, it was good. That sounds like the <laughs> so that sounds like when you eat that and then you take a shit in eight hours, it comes out exactly the same, wrapped the same, little burns on the top and bottom. Well, burns in the way in, burns the way out, right? Isn't that the same? <laughs> it looks edible in the toilet bowl. I'm telling you. <laughs> I would not eat it, but I mean, I probably could have. I could have got away with it. Uh, so I'm not feeling great. But then again. I guess I never feel great. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, it's tough to feel good when you're old people like us. All right, so you went out to dinner. What else have you been doing? I mean, it's been a month. Well, for me, personally, I um, 
I've like just for some reason got it back into magic cards. Well, magic, like I, Magic I, the Gathering? Yes, I, you know, because when we were younger, we used to play Magic, uh, late 90s, mid 90s. And, um, you know, then we didn't play it for years and years and years. I don't have my cards anywhere. You say you do have your cards. Well, what happened is we played like 94, 95, so like Ice Age, right? Fourth edition. Well, that's, type. yeah, so it was more like mid 90s. Is yeah. that what we were playing? Yeah. And then I got rid of all of those cards, you know, got into high school, got rid of Magic cards because, well, that wasn't what you did in our high school. <laughs> And then after I got out of high school, we started the teen center when I was working at the Y. And all of the kids then were like super into magic. So this is like early 2000s. And so I started buying up some cards then and playing with the kids and doing it then. And when I left to become an adult and do a real job, I just put those in a box and I still have them. Are they in good condition? They're in great condition. Are they of the Ice Age uh, fourth I've, edition time period? I have a few of those, but then this one is like... I want to say it's like Urza's Saga, 7th edition. Yeah, yeah, that's the stuff that came out after. Yeah, so, so like, a few years later. With that. cards that you probably don't know, like um, Laquatus Champion. Yeah, things like yeah, that. we're going, we're wicked nerding out about it. But I hate, you know, I used to love it. So, anyway, I was watching YouTube. And, you know, I watch, that's pretty much all I watch is YouTube because there's just so much content in so many varied places. And I come across these videos of these guys opening up old packs of magic cards from. You know, the Alpha and Beta, which is before we were even playing. Where did they even get those cards? You, they, they cost literally like five, $6,000 a pack. And uh, watching a guy open up an Alpha Black Lotus, and I was just like, what? And I remember when we were young, the Black Lotus was expensive. It was like a $150 card. Well, it was like $300. Was it Matt? like $300? Well, it was at Matt's. It was $300. Everywhere yeah. else it was $150. <laughs> right. So anyway, it was like a $300 card. Now... It's worth upwards of thirty to seventy thousand dollars for that card because it's a fantastic card. It, yeah, well, it's like it's the most ridiculous card in the game. I mean, you pull it out immediately and you can tap three lands right off the bat. Of any is, color, right? Of any color, which is insane. But that was when it was like they hadn't quite got the game down with that alpha and beta yet. Well, they didn't have the speed like they have right. and nowadays. And now, I mean, it's all kinds of crazy stuff. There's like commander decks, and you're like. You have like a thousand cards in you your deck. You bring out a Planeswalker. I'm still getting used to that. But what I found was that on a PC, you can play Magic the Gathering Arena. And it's just a digital version of the game. You can get digital packs. And you can, if you want to use real money, you can, but you don't have to. You can just play and play people online. And I'm like so into that right now. It's so amazing. So like, do you build a deck? You build your own deck. So like, can you take... Any cards from no. the library? Oh, so you have to like own the cards. That's like, how it works. Virtually own them. Right. So you're, you're basically playing with newer cards because when you come in, they give you a bunch of challenges, you know, just to get you going. It gives you a ton of cards. And then when you play people online, you start building cards by you winning games. play for anti? You don't play for anti, no. Uh, I wish you did. But actually, I don't because everybody beats me because like, these kids have the most insane decks. Well, you don't, know, you don't even know the mechanics now. Like, cause it's, there's all kinds of different abilities. Right, you start talking about things like Planeswalkers. I'm like, the heck is that? This guy pulls this thing out and he can do five different things. It's 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 really hard, but it's still super enjoyable, you know? And I look at the old Ice Age 4th edition ones like we used to play with, and, like, they bring so much nostalgia. Jester's Cap. Oh. I want that card, even though it's literally worth a dollar twenty-five. It was worth, like, 25 bucks back in the day. Well, there's and there's Jester's Mask. Jester's Mask we actually had. But I don't, I don't even remember what they do. Uh, you, 
useless, right? Yeah, I don't remember what they do either. The, the Ice Age cards are not worth a lot of money because by that time they're mass producing millions and millions of them. You know what I mean? That's why Alpha and Beta and the first you know couple of years are worth tons well, of money. Unlimited, right? Unlimited was the one that was after Beta, which is yeah. when they like really had a wide release and made seven million of them. You I think know? I have a bunch of Unlimited cards, like a uh, Colossus of Sardinia. Those are worth a ton of money. Are they? If they're in good condition, yeah, a lot of them are. Uh, you know, you get, if you get any dual lands or you know, obviously a Black Lotus or I have ancestral like, um, recall things like that. Chain Lightning, Diabolic mm-hmm. Tutor. Chain Lightning's worth some money though. Um, Do you have Demonic Tutor? Yeah, I, have I a, think that one's worth a good amount of money. What, what condition are they in? My Demonic Tutor is in pretty good condition. I have three or four Wheel of Fortunes, and that's that was one of my favorite cards back in the day. That Wrath of God. Like every time I see that card, I'm like, oh, I love that card so much. All the guys. It's the artwork about those cards which first drew everybody in. They're awesome. Nevin Rawls disc. Yeah, I yeah, love that's that card. the hand with the uh, yeah, like I, a vein or something sticking yeah, out. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's part of the disc is the vein. My favorites when I think back are like Sarah Angel, the Shivan Dragon. You know, the ones that like we coveted when we were that age and we wanted, but they were like. Five ten dollar cards that we couldn't really afford, and they're not good cards. The Sarah Angel is not bad, but like a Shivan Dragon, it's like it's a five five flying, but it's like eight mana cost or yeah, something right. silly like that. Well, the good thing you can get that plus one plus zero if you tap a little man. I know we're nerding out. If you guys have never played Magic, it's actually a really cool game, um, and it just shows you that not just nerds were playing Magic back in the day. We were like football playing, football, baseball, you know, sports loving kids playing Magic and video games as well. So I'm still a nerd though. Well, so I know that's why I'm playing Magic the Gathering. That's why we're. And we're talking about and it right now. we're nerding out about it right now, right. And I love Magic. Magic was a, it was a good time because there wasn't much startup cost. Right. And the, now I have no idea what a pack of cards cost, but I'm assuming it's 4 or $5 just like the rest of the games, like Pokemon and stuff like that. Yeah, it is, yeah. But, but all those games, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, that Magic started all that, really. Like, that was the first big wave of a card game that everybody was into besides, you know, playing cards. What was it? Wizards of the Coast or something, right? Is that who Wizards it was? of the Coast is the company that publishes it, yeah. But it was a guy named Richard Garfield, I think, who kind of came up with the whole concept. So he's, you know, worth a ton of money now. I'm sure he got screwed out of all of his money. Yeah, he's only, I, I looked at his net worth. It was like $10 million. I was like, $10 million? There's like 25 million people who play Magic cards. You know, you could have seven Black Lotuses and you have a more a bigger net worth than the guy who created the game. Right, all he needs <laughs> is one of every card made. Right, and that brings me to one thing I really wanted to talk about. Um it's the grading thing. They grade cards now. Like, uh, they have Beckett, BGS, and they have, uh, what's the other one? PSA. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. And that controls the whole market now, which kind of, like, of all cards, not just Magic cards, but baseball cards and all that, it controls the whole market. It's like, so pretty much whoever's in that position to grade cards is telling you that a 9.5 and a 9.0, it changes the price by $30,000. It's insane. Well, it's the same idea, though, with comic books. But they they have a hand in that too. They grade them as well. Yeah, I mean, but for me, I'm, I'm never going to have any of those really old fancy ones that need to be graded. Right. So it's, it doesn't make a difference to me. I mean, am I ever going to get an Action Comics number one or or a Black Lotus? Or I'd take a... any one of those in like minus dash one graded. You know what I mean? Just to have it. Right. To have it. Like so, right. if you have one out there and it's in terrible condition, like you, you found it in a wall, send it to PO Box nine seven five. Get me paid. Uh, get me paid in capital letters? <laughs> no capitals. This is an email address. All right. So you've been playing Magic. Um, I'm like three years late to the party, but I just started playing that game Rocket League. Did you get it off one of my things? Yeah, a hard off share my, account. Off my PS, uh, yeah, me and Aaron have a PS4 shared account. Mind you that I have like, <laughs> I don't know, 160 games. I have like 
seven. seven. Yep. But it's Spider-Man, Subnautica. Oh yeah, Spider-Man's awesome. And it's got the Turf Wars. So it's you know, that yeah. was worth ten dollars. Anyway, go ahead. Rocket League. Uh, Rocket League. Did you play it at all? I never did. It was just a PS plus thing that I took, you know, because I always download those. Well, it's basically it's like matchbox cars. Yep. With rockets. And you're inside like one of those air hockey bubble games. You know what I'm talking about with the, the paddles? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you're talking about with, like with the guys on the ice? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So replace the guys with cars. And it's like two on two, three on three. So there's a puck. It's a giant ball. Okay, there's a ball, but there's like an objective type. And it's, okay. it's scoring goals. And you oh, just so it's do that. soccer. I didn't want to say it that way because I want it to be more like hockey. Yeah. You know, yeah, I guess it's kind of the same sport anyway. You're in the bubble. Yeah, you're so you in can the drive bubble. on the ceiling, and you know the whole idea is you <sighs> try and score. We used to have one of them. Remember, we used to, I got it for Christmas. The little yeah, the little ones, ones yeah. not the big well, ones. You didn't think we'd have anything big like that, do you? I mean, if you can't get it at Ames, we couldn't get it. <laughs> uh, so I've been playing a ton of that. It's great, and there's like little prizes, and you know you can. Is it uh, online? Yeah. Oh, okay. And so you just you with your PS Plus simple. membership? No, you just use mine. I don't even think I use yours because I'm logged into my account. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't know how it works. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Don't tell Sony, I guess. Right. Who cares? But essentially, you know, the mechanics of the game are great. It's really simple. And you can scale it up and do the advanced, like, juggle the ball around and all of that stuff. But it's start a game. It's a five-minute game. And it lasts no more than, like, seven minutes unless you're scoring goals left and right. And how many players are involved? Is it one-on-one or is it... It can be... You can do... Uh, I think it's 2v2, 3v3, and 4v3. I just do the three-on-three. because. Three do you like switch a... guys? No. Okay, so you're always the same whatever character you are. Yeah, and okay. you can you customize your car. It's like literally like a Hot Wheels. So like right now, mine is like a Dodge Charger with like a shark fin and metallic paint. And you change like the rocket boost trail like and the wheels. And it's that part I don't care about because I'm not spending real money on this game. Right. Because... You know, it's in-game currency and microtransactions drive me insane. Just let, give me well, a way to unlock it. No, I agree with that as well. Um, the problem with microtransactions, just since you said it, is that it gives the people who spend the money a huge advantage over the people who don't. In this game, it doesn't, though. That's so the whole key to it, then. If you could make it so that there, Well, because it should be like you're buying color mods for your car, things that don't give you a steroidal advantage in a game, you know? No, no speed bonus, no nothing. All it is is looks. Right. A visual representation of how wealthy you are, which is all our society is about anyway. That's what I'm all about, you know what I mean? Right, it doesn't give you, like, you can't buy an upgrade that says your rocket lasts for 5,000 minutes. You right. literally just buy shiny green wheels or, you know, the Batmobile tumbler. And then you play matchbox soccer. Yeah, it's great. And but you, it, it's five minutes. It's and you small. think it's great. I you think it's recommend great. It. It's an old game. It it's, came out a long time ago. 2017 or something like that? Was it that? I thought it was older than that. Maybe. Uh, I'm really old, so I don't pay attention listen, to I was just talking about magic, okay? So I'm a little further older than that. What do you want me to tell you? I'm, listen, I'm a busy guy. I don't get to play games. I'm still like partway through God of War, the new one. I finally finished Spider-Man all the way. God of War, the new one. Awesome, but boring. I found it to be a little boring. I'm just hitting the same button over and over again. Yeah, which is God of War anyway, but he was just, there was just a little more excitement in the older ones, even though they were just smash, 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 quick event, quick event. But the new one, it's very plotting, and it just, it, it, it I don't know. I just, did I you finish it? No, I did not finish it. Oh. I got about halfway through, and I was done. Did you get the new weapon? 
I didn't. All right, so then we can't talk about it without. Well, I was I was just done. Like, oh, look at this doorway. Oh, and it just conveniently has a place where you can throw a freaking axe and open the door. It's yeah. Like, mm, I mean, I like the idea of blending the mythologies. I mean, that that it sort of looked fun. incredible. I mean, the graphics are insane on it, and the story was cool too. It was it what it seemed to me was like. Uh, if, did you play Last of Us? Um, I am like. I don't know, an hour into Last of Us. That's the kind of concept they went with. We kind of got your little buddy and he can do a few things. I don't even have the buddy yet. Oh, in Last of Us you don't? No. You have the girl, though. Well, maybe I'm playing the second one. Oh, I don't even know if the second was out. You know, now I'm just getting everything confused and convoluted. Regardless. Yeah, well, before we go, now I want to know which one I'm playing. Which one did you buy on PlayStation Network? Okay, that's the one yeah. I'm playing. That was the one that came with my PS4. That was the original one. So that's the one with the spoilers. The girl dies. In, in the, the beginning, very, yeah. yeah that was like, oh. So I did that. I loved that game so much. Not enough to go back and play it ever again because it is such a emotionally draining game, but it was just, it was really good, and I'm excited for the new one. I mean, it looked great, and I, I wanted to keep playing it because it was one of those, like, it's not quite Resident Evil, so I'm not like waiting for my speakers to blow out when some zombie dog jumps through a window. Right? And there is that sort of element to it. That's exactly it. <laughs> That's all I ever think about when I think of Resident Evil. Well, I always just think about running out of tape for the typewriter. Oh. It's like, why? Listen, I'm a, I am a total wuss, so I always go with Jill. You're never going to find me playing with the guy. It's with... too hard. <laughs> well, listen, it, I don't even remember there being a guy option. Was yeah, it Chris? Who, well, it was Chris. Chris Redfield, yep. Yeah. And the other guy is Barry, right? But you don't get to play as Barry in the first one? I don't know. I think this, he's the one who comes around and saves This you. is not Chris's blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you go, the first time you see the zombie. Have you, when was the last time you've seen that? Um, well, I, 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 it was not too long ago. I played it when I had a PS3. So, well, actually, probably about a decade ago, I can now I think about was it. Was it the updated version? No, it was the actual version. Yeah, because I went down and I played the PlayStation 1 version, and it looks so bad. It does, <laughs> but the atmosphere of it... I, the sound. The sound is great. The sound's... And that's when, like, you first started getting that, like, CD-quality amazing soundtrack. But I'll tell you something about that first game. Because it's so cheesy... And everything is so crude, it makes it more scary to me. Like it, it, it's just it's that game scared me. Oh no, it scared me too. That, like that's like me in 1996, listening to Tupac and playing Resident Evil, and you know just wow, that game blew my mind. It was a good game. Good game. Uh, let's get back to what we're talking about today. Uh, what are we talking about today? I have no idea. We've talked about 40 things already. Choose one. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, we were going to talk about uh, Nickelodeon. We're talking about Nickelodeon today, yes. Nickelodeon, which I think was a really big part of our lives as kids. It is. It was. still is. I love Nickelodeon. I do. I couldn't tell you one thing about Nickelodeon anymore, but that's kind of... Well, modern. I can talk about... The big gap from when we were kids. Like right. all of that stuff. We, right. there's, I have stuff I can add, but my memory is bad, so it's hard for me. And then I can jump into well, 07, 06 or so. And that's uh, good because I can fill that gap in the middle because my son was young in the early 2000s or the early aughts, as you call them, and well, uh, watch shows like SpongeBob and Drake and Josh. Let me clarify. There's one show I can talk about, actually, <laughs> from that time frame. I'm sure there are other things that I might what recognize. What show is it? Uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, Avatar was a great show, too. Yeah, that was, see, they were still peaking at that point. And I think what happened is in like 2010-ish, you know, streaming took over everything. Cable subscriptions way down. And that's hurt just about every cable company there is. You know what I mean? Well, in some ways, but now I have, I don't know, seven different bills. 
that I have to pay every month. For my I hate, no, instead of one consolidated, ridiculously high bill, like we would all freak out because cable bills were just getting higher and higher. They still are. So you cut your cable, but you're still paying the cable company because you get the internet. And then you're using that internet that you're paying the cable company for to sign up for 10 different streaming services. And before you know it, you're spending more money on all these services and everything than you were just paying Comcast. Oh, I know I am. It just feels better because you don't want to give Comcast all your money. You want to spread it out among uh, multiple conglomerates, you know? I hate Comcast. <laughs> I hate Viacom. We're still talking about them today. Well, no, but I hate Comcast with like a fiery passion. Okay. Comcast, I get. I'm only kidding. The Viacom thing, like they're just another company. But Comcast is a company that directly affects you, and you just feel like they don't like you at all. They don't care about you. They don't listen. That's my problem. No, no. I want to fucking cancel. <laughs> I don't want to talk to someone else. Cancel my fucking subscription. Have you ever seen a commercial for Comcast that said, if you've been a subscriber for two or more years, we're going to give you a $200 credit? Never. It's sign up for Comcast now. New members get a $200 credit. Old members just get their bills raised up every other freaking year. Hey, someone's got to cover that credit. Exactly. No, I've canceled them. I've gone without cable um, for probably a decade. Yeah, so I, I've, I've been there about five years now because um, I just don't care about it. There's nothing on cable I want to watch. No, the only thing I have is, the only reason I have like the basic cable subscription is because if I don't bundle my internet... And like basic, like channel one through 12 cable, it cost me $10 more a and month. And your home phone? Because everybody's got to have that home phone so you can get bill collectors to call because nobody else calls the home phone. Comcast. Yeah, I don't understand the home phone thing either. What the fuck do you need a home phone for? Right. Well, if there's an apocalypse, you'll have a landline. It'll probably take out the polls too. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if there's an apocalypse, I don't want anyone calling me. <laughs> like, if I don't already know about it, don't call me. I mean, do I not do I not miss landlines? I kind of do because there's a nostalgia factor involved, but I just don't want to hear my answer machine going off and have to listen to the person like, come on. Right. Greatest I'm avoiding you. I don't want to hear you. Greatest invention ever was caller ID. <laughs> exactly. And then we don't need it anymore, so. But it was a big deal when it came out. We were like, oh, look, you can see who's calling you. Well, not at home. We could do it at other people's houses. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, that brings us to cable and, you know, the, the how Nickelodeon started. I mean, let's take it back to the beginning here. Um, it started out as a pay television show or station, actually, in 1977. I guess it was a show. It was the show Pinwheel. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't for everybody. It was only in Ohio. Chicago, something like that, yeah. One of those Midwestern places where it has the best demographic to test everybody because it represents the entire country. In some way, I don't know how, yeah. but what they did was they started out as just a show, and Pinwheel's like Sesame Street. I mean, it's almost like a carbon copy of Sesame Street with different kind of characters bouncing around. It's okay, it did okay, um, but it did well enough where they kind of wanted to start a whole network based around it, and they started the network Pinwheel. Well, that was... Well, they started with that... It was, the, like, the interactive TV, right? Didn't they have that massive remote? Right. And well, I think everybody that. had a massive remote back then. No, but, but yeah. it was like, you know, it was like the Atari Jaguar controller style with, like, all the different buttons, and you could do, like, interactive polls. Right, because it was... Yeah, right, you could answer, like... Um, I saw one when I was looking at it about... What did you think about the presidential debate or something like that you know and you could pick a b or c which one you thought i don't know how it went through obviously it went through the phone lines i would assume yeah it went through the phone and you had just the remote that had the dedicated buttons mm -hmm. for it which is you know we look at that now and we're like yeah we would absolutely we just 
tweet, text, and whatever are poll results. Me, I'd be like, what are you doing with the information? Right. Now, that's Cube, right? What is, I'm not sure what Cube was. Cube was that system. Okay, so that was the system. Okay, and that was owned by Warner. Yeah, it was owned by the Warner Cable Company. Right, because after that, they, they changed the name in 79 to Nickelodeon. And that's when we start getting the Nickelodeon almost that we know of. I yeah, mean, we didn't have we didn't get Nickelodeon where we live until a little bit later. Well, we wouldn't even have remembered because we weren't born in 1979. I was born in 81. You were born in 82. Ooh, spoilers. But if you look back at it, it was, um, you know, the name Nickelodeon itself derives from an old turn of the century, ter- well, turn of the 1900 century, um, where you would pay a nickel to see a show in a small, sweaty, gross smoke-filled theater where you couldn't really breathe, but it was such a novelty at the time, it was a big deal. So they took that name out of a bunch of names, and they decided on Nickelodeon. But what they had was, you know, you know Nickelodeon is the graphics, the orange graphics and the, and the, and the splat uh, logo that everybody knows, but it wasn't like that. The logo was of a guy looking down a, you know, a little, like, periscope, like he's watching a little film, like a Nickelodeon type oh, thing. I forgot all about that. And they and the sh- and it was like a, it was a commercial free um, channel, but they had like a mime that would be on there with a broom, and he'd put a hat on the broom. It would be like a little hand, you know, just really corny, crappy things. And they were doing terrible in the ratings. They lost like ten million dollars in their first few years, and by '85, because I mean, let's just skip to '85 when things actually start taking off for them. They're bought. They were in the same company as MTV and VH1, Nickelodeon. They were bought by Viacom. Now, when they do that, is this when they go from having no commercials to commercials? This is when they start having commercials. What happens is, as this acquisition takes place, Nickelodeon is literally the last cable channel in the ratings. Last. They have, like, the worst ratings of all cable channels. I mean, I guess that's what it means when you're last. And and MTV (laughs) is, like, way up there. MTV is, like, number one. So when they all get bundled and sold to Viacom, a lot of the people who started up MTV and had all those ideas were switched over to Nickelodeon because Viacom wanted to make it a viable, I guess, um, you know, channel. And they start, that's when they change to the orange splat logo and all the, you know, nick things and all, you know, the doo-wop guys doing the things to have kind of their own aesthetic. Well, is that when they start doing like more cartoons? No, that's later. That's so this is, we're, we're at like 86, 87. This is when their top show, their first hit was You Can't Do That on Television, which is a show I remember fondly from but when that's, I was But that kid. wasn't even one of their shows. Wasn't that a cable, uh, Canadian it, one show? Right. It was a show they decided to um, you know bring along into their fold, but it was a Canadian show originally. That's why it was all Canadian people. But it was an insane show. Oh, that show is crazy. It's Unbelievable. It's awesome. I Going back now watching it, it's like, oh my goodness. They have a firing squad skit where the kids are literally like tied to a pole, ready to be shot. You know what I mean? Every episode. It's a sketch show. It's like a Saturday Night Live for kids. It's it's, it's all that before all that was all that. So then when where in this timeline do we get Double Dare? Because that's got to be about that same time, right? This is probably 87, 88, Double Dare comes out and... Um, you know, everybody talks about how, like, the 90s were, like, the prime of Nickelodeon, and they were, by, without a doubt. But I was there for, like, the late 80s when they started becoming viable, and I'm 7, 8, you're 6, 7. Like, we're into this. You can't do that on television, and they have um, Double Dare comes on. So now they start doing game shows, and Double Dare was crazy. 
Well, so this is when sort of everybody in the country was sort of having the game show revolution, right? Of course. So they do that. They do, uh, you, you remember that one, um, the Nick Arcade? So that has to be this time too, right? That's about 90. So that's like, oh. so Double Dare starts it for them. Double Dare gives them, they're like, oh, we can do game shows. We have this OCD freak, Mark Summers, who can host, and he's a good host and all that. Um, and that, yeah, then after that, you get into your Nick Arcades, which was a great show. The kids go into the video games. Um, another show they had was called uh, Finders Keepers. So they'd have you look at pictures of something. you got to find something in that picture, you know, those kind of things. And then yeah. they'd do it for real. The highlight magazine, You'd have to basically. go into this propped-up room and find little secret things in there. Loved that show. Always wanted to be on all those shows. Any show I wanted to be on. So then, thing that we did at this point, so we had to be watching Nick at Night at this point. Of course, yeah, because Nick at Night is something they introduced in, like, 86. Yeah, I mean, if you, I don't know how much you remember of us watching Nick at Night. Oh, I remember Nick at Night very well. We had, uh, we were in in the park, and we had that TV that was one of those portable TVs. It was, like, the size of a suitcase. Which comes up often with us, yeah. Had the the handle, do you remember that? The handle, like, the carrying handle. I do, I know exactly. And you had to, like, prop it up on that. No, the TV was way bigger than the actual screen. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, the, I mean like I mean like widthwise though. Wasn't was the screen look on one side of that TV? Yeah, oh, essentially yeah. what it is is if you think of like let's go with like a MacBook Air, like an eleven inch MacBook Air, bump it up by like eight inches, so it's that thick. Yep. It's propped up, and the screen now is the size of like an iPhone five. Right, exactly. You, you know, it's it's a two and a half by four inch screen. It's, but it's a four by three, not like a wide screen like your phone would be. It's black and white. It's a square, yep. Right, has the antenna, and we had the the aluminum foil wrapped around it, sort of in like this like loop that probably didn't do anything. Yeah, it had a slider for the bandwidth, so you could choose your channel by sliding it back and forth, which never worked right. It had VHF and UHF. Right, uh, remember UHF? I never the, think I've, I don't think I ever even found a program on UHF. I don't know how it works. I didn't know it was real until the Weird Al movie. That's what I'm right. When I think of UHF, I think of Weird Al exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it was so bad that we didn't know that Nickelodeon was in color, partly because all the shows we were watching are in black and white, so we weren't missing anything. Right. But the TV was in black and white, and it's a portable TV that's like just our everyday TV. Now, this is, I don't know how much of this you remember watching with me. This is the same room in which you suplexed me off the upper bunk. Oh, yeah, that was, um, yep, yep, that was, yep, yep, that was my Macho Man Randy Savage thing going on there. I'm still living, so. yeah, the Macho Man. But yeah, so this is Nick at Night. This is like the sweet spot for me. So they go from Nick at Night. Well, talk about Nick at Night, because Nick well, at Night is, is like just a, you just want to go overview with it? Yeah, let's, okay, we'll come yeah, back to it. Because Nick at Night, we'll, Dennis the Menace. I mean, all these things I remember from Nick at Night. We'll stop. I mean, that that's a formidable years for me watching TV. Right. So then we have, so this is Nick at Night for us is like late 80s to 90s for yeah, us. Yeah, it was 87 to 90, because um, Nick starts changing after that. Nick at Night stays around, but... That's when you start getting a little more teen-oriented shows. Something like, remember Hey Dude? Loved Hey Dude. Hey Dude. Well, this is when we have um, Snick then, right? Because if, if we've got like Hey Dude. No, Snick comes Pete. after. Snick comes 92. So close to there, yes. Because um, like, let's just real quick in the 80s, before we talk about him, we had Inspector Gadget was on there, Mr. Wizard. Um, you had... Danger Mouse, I remember that show. I don't I know love why. Danger Mouse. It's so terrible. Try going back and watch it. That was like another Canadian show that they took. I down. love Danger because it's like Mighty Mouse, only he's dangerous, not right. mighty. They'd have the little interludes, the picture pages. 
Yep. I remember with, uh, those. Bill Cosby, which going back, looking at him is really creepy now, but yeah, what are you, you going to do? Now. You know, just find the Spanish fly. <laughs> and then you get into your 92, ah, uh, your guts, your Legend of the Hidden Temple, which might have, you know, between 90 and 92, yeah, Wild and is... Crazy Kids. And uh, their first, you know, cartoons with the Rugrats, um, Doug, and Ren and Stimpy. You know, yeah, that, that's when you're Stimpy. there. Now you're moving into SNCC territory. Where on Saturday nights you have Nickelodeon. That's when you get your Are You Afraid of the Dark? And um, was there anything better than that? I mean, I think that was the only time that something was put on TV, like cool, you know, in quotes, like Saturday Night TV for kids. Right. Well, they were smart about that. They Everything saw else that. was like, if you want kids TV, Saturday morning from eight to eleven. Right. That's what you got. Or yeah, you could watch Sesame Street in the afternoon if you're. If you had PBS. That's true. And uh, once again, Are You Afraid of the Dark was another Canadian show that they brought down to the States uh, through Nickelodeon. And they had um, Clarissa Explains It All, uh, Pete and Pete, which is one of my favorites, such a good show. The Secret World of Alex Mack, which I don't really remember, but I, I know I know show. it's that girl from 10 Things I Hate About You, the, yeah, the little sister. Yep, that's right. And then you get into the all that, Keenan and Kel, Manda Show, you know what I mean? Kids' Choice Awards, and You Pick Live. And Nick Jr. as well, which we obviously we were too old for Nick Jr., but I had little kids that watched Nick Jr., Blues Clues, yeah, Big that, Comfy Couch, Bob the Builder, things I'm like way, Dora. way too old for that stuff. Yeah, and they also, and then you move into, you know, the 2000s and Drake and Josh and, you know, obviously SpongeBob. SpongeBob changed Nickelodeon completely. If you look at Nickelodeon's schedule, even now, it's like SpongeBob, 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 SpongeBob something else, SpongeBob, it's like all SpongeBob. Well, they do now, I don't know, I've noticed a little bit because I... My son's almost at the age where Nickelodeon is for him. Yeah. And I don't want that because there's so much good other stuff. You know, like, I'm a comic book guy, so, like, all the Spider-Mans. Yeah. All this, but if you look at a lot of the shows, it's, like, Wizards of, like, Waverly Place, I think, is on there. Yep, that's an, that one came out 10, 12 years ago. I remember really? when that came out because Adam was still, you know, my son was still of a relevant age to watch that eight, nine years old, yeah. And then there's, like, these, they're all, like, live action, sort of, like, Debunked, I think, is one of them. That, that could be Disney, but like they're all they've shifted. Like it used to be like cartoons that are just a, more mature. Now it's all live action, like well, the, the Disney Enchanted stuff. And, not, and I know that's sort but of that separate, comes but. from the you know the Disney Channel was doing that as well. That all changed in the in the mid two thousands where it, it all went to like live action shows because it's cheaper to produce. You know what I mean? It costs a lot of money to produce cartoons by yourself. There's more money to be made, but it costs more money and takes more time. These live action shows, they just churn out these, you know, child stars in, you know, factories. <laughs> kind of like the opening segment, uh, you can't do that on television. Oh, so it's like boy band things, right? Exactly. It's almost the same idea. Yeah, D- so Disney they, and Nick, they do the same thing. They took the assembly line and said, we're just going to make kids. But first, we're going to start with everything good in Canada. Bring it down here. Right, exactly. So on that note, I think we should take a little break. And we'll come back and we'll talk a little more in detail about it and kind of run through... You know, the golden age of Nick and maybe into now as well. Just around the corner. We hold you in our hearts. And when we think about you, it makes me want to part. <laughs> it's I hope we never part. Now get it right or pay the price. Now we will share a lifetime of the fondest memories. By the lake of Anawana, sat in the old pine tree. Camp on, we hold you in our hearts. But when we think, the thing came apart. Think I wanna wanna, think I wanna wanna live, I wanna 
right, guys, we're back. And uh, now it's time to kind of dig a little deeper in the things that we loved about Nickelodeon, which I'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to. Maybe you're a little younger. Maybe you relate to shows that are uh, a little more modern. I mean, I use that term with quotes. Or you're around our age, and you can kind of understand what we're talking about. Well, no one's going to understand what we're going to hear what we're saying. Well, even we don't understand what we're talking about, so that could be a tough one. But Well, um, well we have two different things. I'm talking about something, and you're talking about something else. <laughs> let's, uh, let's dig a little deeper, and, you know, starting with you can't do that on television. I mean, we already talked about, like, how you couldn't even go back and watch it anymore without feeling like... Eesh. Oh, it's, it's really iffy to it's watch this show. awesome. I mean, we said the firing squad. Remember the, uh, the cafeteria? The guy's name was Barth. Which oh. is obviously close to Barf, obviously, and the food was always completely disgusting. Well, I mean, basically, Barf is basically um, the cab driver from Scrooge. You remember that? Yeah, no, no, I know exactly. <laughs> it's not the same guy, but no, yes, but that's the character. It's the same mold, exactly. You know, the like wholly inappropriate. Like maybe he shouldn't be doing that, and the, and that's exactly the name he, of the show, right? And you know, there was wasn't a lot of characters on that show. He played a ton of the characters. He played the. The general in the firing squad. He played obviously the cafeteria guy Barth, and he was the dad and the skits in the house and things like that. Um, but that show was just awesome. That's where they got sliming. The whole concept of slime on Nickelodeon that was like Nickelodeon's big thing. It still is. Comes from that show. They would slime people on that show. They did that. They did um, the opposites, right? They do that. They'd flip the screen left and right, oh, up right. and down. They did that in every episode. Yep. Uh, honestly, it's the firing squad, though. The firing squad is <laughs> just... um, well. They have they had other ones too, where like they'd be stuck in those little things where your arms are there and your head's in it. You know what I mean? Like all just like little torture devices that you could never get away with doing to children. You'd be sending the wrong message and all. You know, everything's PC these days, so it's good to look back and say, "Wow, look at the things they could get away with thirty five years ago." You know, they did. Um... That the like the locker room thing like like the uh, that's based off like the laugh in where they each come out they poke their head out hey, of the locker. Alistair. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, what? The f-? <laughs> yeah. And as a kid, you don't know that that's like something from somewhere else, right? You're just like, oh, we could do something like that. Yeah, it's like laughing. You ever watch laughing? No. It's tough to go back to. Why would I watch that show? It's tough to go. I back I know that's the to. thing they did to the doors, and they, everyone would poke their yep. head out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really though, who would watch that? Um, not a lot of people came out of that show either. I mean, the only person that I found of note that came out of that show was Alanis Morissette. She was on that show. And she obviously, you know, grew to big heights in the music industry and all that for like three years. Yeah. Remember, you, you, maybe you didn't see this one, The Adoption Show? Oh, Did you no, ever watch no, this one? I heard one? about it. I didn't watch it. Oh, my God. I went back and watched this show because I remembered something about it. Oh, my God. It is really bad. It is really bad. They do, because, you know, they start with, like, the opening was always, like, here's what the show is about. And they're, like, talking to the kids about being adopted. And they're, like, oh, that feels sad. <laughs> like, it makes me not want to watch it as an adult. Yep. But then you, you power through. I get it. Um, and then, you know, around that time is when Nickelodeon's running these cartoons that we remember fondly, like A Danger Mouse, which was a great show. Um, I don't have much to say about it. I don't have a lot of memories of it. But I remember it being, like... Uh, Kind of like Mickey Mouse in a, in a Danger Mouse uniform running around. I mean, well, he had the patch over his eye. The bad guy had the patch yes, over his did, eye. Yep. They're basically just an opposite character. They remade that. I think it's on Netflix. There's like a new Danger Mouse. Is it in the new like manga style um, animation like the, like what they did with DuckTales, which I do not like at the sharper edges and all that. I don't like it. 
personally, I'm not a fan. I know that just makes me seem old, but definitely makes you seem old when you're like, it's not what I like. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's uh, maybe I am old, but to me, it's like when I watched the new Ducktales, I was like, ah, it's just it's off-putting to me. You know, I kind of like the more cartoony Disney look of the original one. You mean you want cartoons that look like cartoons? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I didn't watch it. I watched the trailer for it. You know, on Netflix, you get the trailer, and yeah. I was like, yep, nope. Moving on. Like, I don't even want to expose my son to it because he's going to ask questions and he's going to be like, oh, what was it like when you were a kid? And I'd have to say, better. Right. But I mean, well, they had, um, they had Inspector Gadget, too. With, like, Love Inspector Gadget, Gadget was is one of the best shows there ever was for cartoons for kids, and that was one of the ones they ran all the time on Nickelodeon. You used to love that show. Oh, I still love that show. It really I've, is. I've gone back and watched it with my kid. Have you really? Yeah. About two years ago, I was like, he's about the right age for Inspector Gadget. He didn't care for it. Obviously, it's it's a complete you know takeoff of Get Smart, which is another one of the shows that I love. You know, which is great. My father used to watch that one all the time. With Claw and Penny. Dr. Claw, yes, of course. Oh, great. And that cat. Maybe yeah. just the arm that would pet the cat, you know? Yeah, the claw that would pet the... Oh, that was a great show. I loved that show. My favorite was The Chief. The Chief. Every time he'd be in something, it would blow up. Like, yeah, Gadget the... would always throw the self-destructing note in the thing and blow him up. Yeah, he's basically a Keystone cop. Yep. Uh, did you see the Matthew Broderick film? Terrible. Uh, I was going to say don't, but it is, I guess you watched it's, it. It's, it's of that Matthew Broderick late 90s ilk where everything he does is absolute trash, if you ask me. Like, Godzilla... And this, and you know, a lot of people love the movie Election. Not a fan. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't, didn't watch That's it. That's late '90s. Is that Reese Witherspoon? Yes, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, no, I wouldn't yeah. watch that. Right, exactly. I mean, I like the idea. I like Matthew Broderick. I don't know. As as I get older and he gets older, I think he gets better. Yeah. If, well, what do you, I mean, obviously, his best movie is Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And then Cable Guy. <laughs> and then Cable Guy, guaranteed. I love Cable Guy. Cable Guy is so good. Uh, he's in Thirty Rock. Is he? Yeah, he yeah, plays see, like I never watched it. I think he's great. Just because you mentioned 30 Rock, I watched Beetlejuice the other day, and I'm like, that must be one of Alec Baldwin's brothers right there. You know what I mean? Because there's no way that's Alec Baldwin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well, I'll be honest. Like, I don't know the difference between the Baldwins. There's like um, 15 of them, isn't there? There's Alec and there's everybody else. Uh, back in the day, you had that, you know, they were trying to make, oh, Stephen Baldwin and... Billy Baldwin and yeah, they're all the same person, aren't they? I, you know what, they could be. It, it wouldn't even change my view of them. I mean, which one is the one on Thirty Rock? Alec. I think that's Alec. Yeah, he's Cam- awesome. He's so good. Super he's funny. so different now, though. That's what I'm saying. When he was in Beetlejuice, it doesn't even seem like Alec Baldwin. Pretty funny. Um, other shows, Mr. Wizard's World. I, I remember watching this all the time. No, didn't mean you went back and just watched an episode of Mr. Wizard's World. It was killer. It was awesome. Mr. Wizard's great. World was awesome. It's what kids need. It, they don't have that anymore, right? Well, that you know, he's kind of like the precursor to Bill Nye, the science guy who had his run in the '90s where people. Yeah, but like Bill Nye, you watched it and you're like, "Wow, this is a science show." He's trying to teach me something. Mr. Wizard was like, hey, it's, we went to Grampy's house, and he's sort of just showing me something. Yeah, we you know, blew something easy. up in the water. It was awesome. Right, like you got this like really like homey feel to it because he was like, here, I want you to just hold this mousetrap. You know, right. Whether they're making like mousetrap cars. Okay. Like, uh. like, is it going to hurt? <laughs> right. And you're like, well, I trust you. You're my grandfather. You're this genial old guy. Uh, All right. That's so true. Right, like it even it, it felt like one of those shows that was like, Filmed at your local cable 
station. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it kind of was, yeah, exactly. And so you sort of were like, oh, all right, cool, I can get down with this. Is this guy gonna? Is he enriching uranium? Are we gonna make you know a nuke? No. Yeah. Well, you know what? But he did. Even looking back, he like they're still doing really cool little things that you you know science class things. Well, oh, look, the fork can balance on this somehow because of whatever gravity. You know, it's. Killer show. I really. love that show. Like, going back, I had, when we started talking about Nickelodeon, I had forgotten all about it. Right, and I was like, how does he not remember the show? You know, when he's like, hey, kids, here's a canister of nitrogen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today we're going to build an atomic bomb. Right. And he's like, hey, Billy, you ready? <laughs> messing with magnets. <laughs> and he's like, okay, great. What are you going to do with these magnets? I'm going to lift a car. Exactly. <laughs> and then he'd be like, um... He'd do things, and it would be like real, like science based. He's like, "We're going to talk about DNA, and we're going to talk about nucleic acids and polymers." Like, right? What the fuck is he talking about? Have you been hitting the sauce again? T- today, Greg? as we make this nuclear bomb, our special guest is the Ayatollah. Come on over here, sir. <laughs> right? But you, st- you just went along with it, You're like, right? You know, what? I'll give you a hug at the end of the show. Yeah, exactly. No, I love that show. I go back and check it out if you don't remember it, because you will be like, oh, my God, I do remember this, because this this was Nick's core programming at the time with your Inspector Gadgets and your Danger Mouse and your Mr. Wizard's World. And then that's when they come in with the Nick at Night, which got us all familiar with the older shows that we, you know, didn't used to watch because we weren't old and I mean, we weren't born at the time. But then we got acquainted with them with the Dennis the Menaces from, you know, the 50s. Um, Car 54, Where Are You? Oh, love that love show. Car 54. Like, I reference that now. Anytime I see a bus that goes by that has a 54 on it, that it just comes to me. Car 54, Where Are You? Right. you yeah. I see a switchboard and the phone's ringing. Yeah. Think of that show. Yeah. Now, yeah. I couldn't tell you a single thing about that show other than that. Right. And we watched the hell out of that I'm, show. Yeah, I remember the bumbling cops, but I don't know much about it. But that's like, that's where you got acquainted with the I Love Lucy's. Like, that's why I first as a kid got acquainted with I Love Lucy and realized, like, how magical that show is and how special it was and how funny it still is. I mean, even now, some of those shows are still funny. Um, some other ones I could think of would be um, The Monsters was on there. I remember, um, I'm not sure if this was MTV or Nickelodeon. They used to play The Monkey Show. No, that was Nickelodeon. That was Nickelodeon. They used to play Batman. I don't remember Batman. No, they used to play all these shows on there. And that's how I got acquainted with the shows like that. The one that always sticks in my head is Mr. Ed. Mr. Ed. I used to watch so much Mr. Ed. Wilbur. Right. And you're like, it just looks so weird. But we used to watch it. Well, at least I remember watching it. I don't know if you were watching it with oh, me. Oh, no, no. I remember watching Mr. Ed a lot. I mean, we used to watch that show. It was on every night. Right. I feel like that and I Love Lucy every night yep. were on together. Like Maybe that was the block. I'm not sure if it was, but I, I just remember being fascinated by how they, how did they make the horse talk? Peanut butter. Right, right. Years, we know now. Years later, you find out that they just put peanut butter on his gums. So all he's trying to do is get the peanut butter off his gums with his lips, and he just can't do it. And it makes it look like a very well Right, you know, they took like a little bit of dehydrated peanut butter and crammed it up into his gums. And all the, all the fucking poor horse wants is just a lick of peanut butter. <laughs> no, I know. I wonder if it was the same horse the whole time. I never looked into that. Who cares? Yeah, I guess it may have been. I mean, uh, don't ask. Don't. No, no. You don't want questions like that. What about, um, do you remember Lassie? Lassie used to be on there. I fucking hate Lassie. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. Yeah, I hate Lassie. <laughs> I love Border Collies. Hate Lassie. Yeah, I get like, it. Don't tell me that the fucking Timmy's stuck in the well. Just get him out of the fucking well. Do your job. Timmy's stuck in the well? Wait a minute. How does he understand the dog? How? 
Right. If you can spend the time to learn how to speak dog, spend the time to watch your fucking kids. No, right? How come we didn't close up the well? Why is Timmy jumping in the well? Right. When baby Jessica got stuck in the well, we capped the fucking well. It was a big deal, though, wasn't it? Remember that? That's around that same time. Yeah. Baby Jessica was huge. The whole world was riveted. Will they get baby Jessica out? That's awesome. Right. That's what drove me nuts. Like, right now, like, if we did that, fucking... Child services would oh, take our well, children. Right, yeah. Sir, I know your dog can talk to you, but you need to be way ahead of this, okay? You can't let him get near the well, let alone fall down it. Why is he Why is he fishing at the swimming hole? Right? <laughs> He's got a hook in his mouth. Okay. <laughs> Supervise the fucking kid. Oh, man. So, so wait, was Flipper on there too? Or I believe just... Flipper. No, I think Flipper was on there. I think, that, I think maybe originally it was definitely... 50s shows, you know, black and white. But I think as it, as it went on, you started getting your Gilligan's Island and, you know, all the little more color TV Well, I know ones. at one point, like, SNL was on it. Was it really? Yeah, See, I don't it was remember like two that. years of SNL. I remember Bewitched being on there and I Dream a Genie and all, like, shows that we were too young to know but we got acquainted with, you know? It was yeah, kind of cool. We were watching shows that we shouldn't have been watching. Right. Not because they were inappropriate. Like, they're not funny to you. When you're seven years old... The funny thing about Mr. Ed is that his mouth moves. Yeah, it's just on TV. Right. <laughs> There's nothing funny about the Andy Griffith show. Right. Although, like, <laughs> the Andy Griffith show, funny thing about that is I usually go to bed at night and oh, you go to bed Carrie night? watches Wee TV because it's got like Criminal Minds or something. What is it. Wee TV? It's just a channel on uh, oh, okay. PlayStation View. But So when I get up and I turn on the TV in the morning, it's usually the Andy Griffith show and I don't change it. I'll sit there and watch the Andy Griffith show at, you know, 6.30 in the morning having my coffee. I kind of enjoy it. Well, you know, waking up to Don Knotts. That's Don something. Knotts is great. So good. Andy Griffith is great. Good show. What I remember most about Nick at Night, though, is that the channel ended. Oh, you remember this? Yes, of course. We'd get, like, the waving patriotic flag, and you'd yep. be like, well, it must be midnight. Yeah, they'd play the Star Spangled Banner, and that'd be the end of, um, this concludes our broadcast day. And then you decide, like, am I going to try and sneak up and play Nintendo on this little screen <laughs> and hope that mom and dad don't notice? Yeah, because it would be hell to pay if they did, mind you. Yeah, we'd lose that TV for a week. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be good at all. Dad so, would come in, rip the antenna off, and wouldn't fix it for a month. Game over. <laughs> So uh, moving on now, this brings us, um, you know, more later 80s. And this is when you get your uh, your Hey Dudes, which we talked about a little bit earlier briefly. But um, Now, Hey Dude and Salute Your Shorts come out at the same time, right? I think Hey Dude is first, but not by much. Right, but um, it's that same block of time. It's the same time period, yeah. Hey Dude is kind of the first show that I remember on Nickelodeon like that, which is a little more teen-geared. Um, it is corny as hell. But you but, don't want to go to the dude ranch? But right, but right, but these people are all 15 to 17, 18 year old people instead of little children. I mean, they were I still mean? playing 11 and 12 year olds. They I were guess just they 18 were. and 19, right? And, and, you know, the show's terrible, but it had its place, you know, going back. It's kind of cool to watch. You'll get sick of it real quick. But you'll see uh, one star that came out of it was Christine Taylor, who married Ben Stiller and was in many of those movies. She was Masha in the Brady Bunch movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, you got me? Yep, I'm with you now, but nope. <laughs> I mean, I I like this show, you know, the Bar None Dude Ranch, yeah. right? To me, as a kid, that didn't make any sense. No. As an adult, oh, there's no bar? Why would I go there? <laughs> right? You're like Bar None, like, without Dude Ranch? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. But, hey, whatever. They, it is what it there's is. There's a horseshoe. They're like me. They ride horses. They're afraid of snakes. Like Very low budget. You know what I mean? 
um, kind of the same sets over and over again. And, you know, they just like get into stuff like that. So now you're in the, you know, early 90s before they start the Nick Tunes thing, which is a little bit around this time. But you, we get Salute Your Shorts, which is a great show. Love oh, Salute my God. You can go back. That show's still funny. Camp it's, on Awana. Camp on Awana. We hold you in our hearts. Love that show. I'm a big fan of it. Um, Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. Oh. Do you remember Pete and Pete, like watching that show? I do remember Pete and Pete. I just watched an interview with them now. Um, Pete and Pete did. It was like it was a really short interview. You didn't get a lot of information out of it, but you can still see the chemistry between them. They almost act like brothers, you know, because the the skinnier kid is still skinny and and uh, the the fatter kid is still fat. I can't. What was the fatter kid's name? He was on Nickelodeon a lot long. He was on all that and all those shows as well. Um, uh, Danny, Danny Timber, Timberelli, Tim- yeah, something like that, right? And did you? I, you never played Grand Theft Auto Five. I didn't know. He, he actually plays the voice of the son of, of Michael, and um, I didn't realize that until they talked about it. Yeah, I my own problem was like Pete and Pete. Like, did did they name their kids Pete and Pete on purpose, or was it like we forgot our oldest son's name? Pete's a great name. Oh shit, we named him both. Ed, Pete. George oh, Foreman well. did it. You know what I mean? He named like five of his kids George, and then he named his daughter Georgia. So or Georgette. That right? just makes it. It might have been Georgette, but that's hard. It's hard to call your children. Especially just, specifically. Just so you know, I have two brothers with the same name. Just throwing that oh, out there. Oh, God. I wonder who they are. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who they are. They're somewhere on the road. You know, 23andMe will tell me who my yeah. brothers are. And they're doing the game shows as well. Um, we totally missed Double Dare, and I kind of want to dig into Double Dare well, real did quick. We go, well, this is when uh, Nick Arcade comes out, right? This is after. No, see, Double uh, Dare comes Nick out. We missed Nick Arcade. We missed Double Dare, which is actually the bigger Well, let's deal. go back. Double Dare. I had to remind you about Nick Arcade, too, and then say, look at this. You don't remember this? Oh, my God, I do I was remember like, I remember that. 100%. Right. So Double Dare is one of my favorite shows, and I still go back and watch it because watching people get destroyed and slipping on tile floors and really hurting themselves never gets old to me like ever <laughs> you know what i mean oh no it was great it was one of those things where you're like he's gonna hurt himself he's gonna hurt himself he hurt himself i'm okay. surprised it wasn't more injuries there probably was lawsuits and stuff that i completely missed well sometimes they were just cut right like cut right to commercial things that i remember most about that show though is um i don't know if he, what was the guy's name like the he was probably the head producer or something. The always, stage hand. Yeah, they'd bring him out every once in a while. And he'd be like, I'm going to pretend to be Elvis today. Yeah, I have no idea what his name was, but I remember him clearly. Obviously, Mark Summers, who is like a Double Deer legend. I think he still hosts Double Deer in some form. The OCD freak. I mean, there's a clip of him. He was on Oprah. And, you know, we're laughing about it, but he, he has a real problem with um, obsessive compulsive disorder, and he has to wash his hands 50 times. And I'm sure that's really hard to deal with in life but when you think about the fact that he was the host of Double Dare one of like the sloppiest dirtiest shows ever like that's just like huh? Well it's sort of a credit to him to be able to do it. Right and pull it off exactly I mean go back and uh, have you gone and watched any of these? Go back and watch it with the knowledge that he has OCD and you can see and you can see him he's like twirling it's away the Howie Mandel the effect Howie Mandel what's is it America's Got Talent he's on one of those shows and you'll see the contestant come over and like how we don't want nothing to do. He'll come to shake all the people's hands. I'm like, yeah, thanks. I'm good. You know what I mean? Yeah, like how he's he, like walking backwards. Super germaphobe OCD, you know? Uh, the the prizes. Love the prizes. Well, because they're so of the time. I mean, they win an NES. Are you kidding me right now? That's his dream. They win a, like one of those like Tyco remote control cars. Yep. Oh, man. All those. They'd win the little car track things. They'd, you know, they'd win a Game Boy. They'd win, they'd win one of those, um, you know, those Franklin, Franklin like spelling computers, but yeah. they weren't really a computer. It was just like a, a dictionary. Yep. Which 
I couldn't use today. I don't know how to spell things. That's why I need it. So I, I need know. to spell the word to get the word? Th- those are the things that you would hand to a child these days, and they'd never figure it out because you can't just touch the screen and make the thing there's do little things. little buttons. Right. Oh, they throw it away. KB Toys. Oh, yeah, remember, they were their big sponsor. They'd get all the gift cards. And like, you can get all of these toys with your $500 gift card and to that, KB Toys. And that brings us to the obstacle course at the end, which was always like the best part of the show. Um, the hamster wheel to start it. The hamster wheel, the nose. Remember the nose? You had to go up in the nose and grab the get thing. To grab the boogers. Yeah. You had, um, what was that, the icky tricycle? Which <laughs> I still don't, well, it's just a trike, right? What was it on? I know. You know, I read a story about the first show they did, and there was this one obstacle where you had to find the thing in, in like, a, a pillow full of feathers or something like this. I, you know, it's a little convoluted. I could be a little off on this, but the kids couldn't find it. And it, it took them thir- uh, like 60 seconds the whole time, and they never found it. So the kids didn't win anything. It was a big hoopla. So they said, you got to get rid of that obstacle. That's going to ruin this game. We want some people to win, you know? And the music. Let's stop with the music on that. da 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 Yeah! Right, it gets you pumped up. If I'm going to go to the gym, I'm putting on the Double Dare obstacle course physical challenge theme. You know what I mean? Because it's going to get you pumped for 60 seconds. Exactly. I'm going to think about winning a nice, you know, NES deluxe set with Super Mario 3. It's just so good. Uh, The uh, Blue Plate Special. I don't know. Do you remember that? So it was always that giant plate. And so I, sometimes it was like a stack of pancakes. Sometimes it was like an ice cream sundae. Or spaghetti. A sp- spaghetti with meatballs. Yeah. And you had to go through, and you had to pull the flag out. Uh, so in, in my research, which was limited to not much, because I don't <laughs> like to— Just re- before we started doing the podcast. <laughs> we were talking in the, in the alleyway while we had our coffee. Well, we use a Google Drive to take our notes. Just why the hell not just blow all the secrets out of the water. And— Every once in a while, I'll see one like red letter change. So that means that Aaron actually went in and fixed the spelling thing, and that yeah, was his, that was his research. <laughs> it didn't do any research. I just I edited for gram- for grammar. I'm just happy you went back and watched like Mr. Wizards and stuff and Nick Arcade. Now Nick Arcade, let's talk about Nick Arcade. Well, before I gotta I gotta do this. Because time it out. Time it out. I watched an episode of Double Dare. Actually, I watched like five or six because I started watching them. Because they're, they're good. Yeah. And then you know I'd take the dog for a walk and I just. You know, I'd watch mm-hmm. it while I'm walking the dog because I'd walk that's into a safe. pole, yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, the dog will protect me. Right. And so uh, one of the episodes that I watched is like these two kids just completely dominate the entire show. Like, you know, they do the, the, the answers and then you can dare, double dare. Yeah. Like, perfect show. They answered every question, double dared them off, doubled up their points, did the physical challenge, dominated the physical challenge. Like, even one, you know, they do the face off and you hit the button, you got to answer the question. All of it. Like they had like 700 points or something like silly, the max amount of points you could get. And then they go and they do the obstacle course, and it's all of the prizes that I want. It's the, <laughs> it's the gift card, it's the boom box, it's, yeah. you know, the, um, the, that was like the roller, Walkman, like no, it was like roller skates, not roller blades, roller skates. Yeah, it was pre roller blades. Yeah, yeah. It was all the prizes. I was like, if I was a kid, you literally just circled everything in the Sears catalog for me and put it as a prize. Right. And like they're dominating the show. And they get to the nose, and they he, he he slides a little bit. Then she can't get down the mouth, and so like they're the very last one. And the last one that they did was the blue plate special. And there's three seconds. She hands him the flag. He stuffs it in, and like dives onto the nolium. So you know he broke an elbow. Yeah, and pulls out the flag, 
with zero seconds left. Like, you could not have done this any better. Did they give like, it to him? They gave it to him. Oh, nice. Like, freaking out. Like, we just won the Super Bowl. We're going to Disney World. Like, if they had instant replay, they might have pulled it back. But, like, <laughs> yeah. somehow he managed to find the exact spot in, this, in the stack of pancakes, pull out the flag before the one-second timer ticked off. It was, it was amazing. That's like, awesome. Thank God they didn't have instant replay. Like, you know what I'm I mean? rooting. Like, it's the point where, like, oh, my God, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm, like, getting excited. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm, like, you know. <laughs> right? He, he wins, and, like, and Mark does a thing where he looks for his producer, you know, the, the guy that we were talking about. And he must give him, like, the just give him the fucking shit signal because we want to get rid of it. We have a warehouse full of stuff because we just spent a year with a pillow game that no one could win. And they're freaking out, and I'm excited. I'm super happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm like cheering. Okay, now you're walking your dog right now, jumping up and down on the sidewalk. Just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's like, you know, we all just won this KB Toy Store gift card that I can't use anymore. Right, I know. Oh, it was awesome. And that's the feeling that you got. At, well, that's the feeling I got every time. I, I Didn't you want to? I mean, we wanted to be on all the shows, but like Double Dare, everybody wanted to be on Double Dare because the physical challenges are just so strange. Like, throw this egg into this little cup on top of your buddy's head or throw it under the thing on top so it falls through into or, the cup on his head. Or the he, your partner's blindfolded with symbols, you're going to throw an egg and he has to crash it. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who came up with this? Like, I feel like most of these things are like guys who are like hyped up on coke. Yeah. You know, in the in the room just coming up with ideas. Oh, let's do that. That'd be cool. And yeah, somebody gets hurt probably every time. Um, I do want to move on though, even though I love Double Dare is just so good. That brings us to Nick Arcade, which you didn't remember, but I knew you would remember when I showed it to you. And Nick Arcade was a you know, a game show, kinda like Double Dare, but it was all about video games. And how they would play it is they would do like uh trivia. Little trivia things. That was the first part of the show, wasn't it? Trivia? Yeah, they would do um they do the face-offs. Right. And you'd have to sort of, you wouldn't, an- it would be a question, you had to answer it. And it was always like, um, I, I, one, one question that came up that I got the answer right, and I don't know how, because most of them are like time sensitive. It was like, right. you know, this movie, this comedy release from 1987 was the highest grossing comedy movie of all time. What is it? Belly Hills Cop. Oh, is it really? Yeah. And it's not... Probably not now, right? No, definitely that's not That's what messes now. me up. Right. right. <laughs> and I was like, I got that right? I was like, holy shit. Wow. That was a lucky guess. I had no idea when that movie was released. Love love Axel Foley. Oh, but those are my favorite movies ever, the Beverly Hills Cop movies. But you know, Banana, Banana and Tailpipe. <laughs> the only time it actually worked. <laughs> those are the types of questions. So it was like, you couldn't go back and answer them now. It's like going back and watching Jeopardy. Right now, wouldn't they wouldn't they have another segment where they actually played video games like current era video games? That's the same show, right? Yeah. So the main round, what they would do is they would have like a board, and it was like a a checkerboard basically, and they'd have like a puzzle in there. Yeah. And what it really was was like you had to go through. You had your little guy. You answer the question, and you say, "Do you go up, left, down?" And you'd open up a mystery box, and sometimes it would be, you know, it'd be a question. Sometimes you'd lose a life. Do you remember that? No, I actually don't because I didn't watch a whole episode of it. Um, but I, I know that I get it mixed up with another show of that time called Video Power. And Video Power was a show kind of the same way, but these kids would actually play the games and the guy would announce it. This wasn't a Nick show. This was just a show called Video Power. It was on like at 6 in the morning every day with a kid named Johnny Arcade was the host. Terrible. 
but the kids would play the games and there'd be a guy narrating it like the movie The Wizard. You know what I mean? Oh, he's going through level three. Look at him go. He's got the high score. Yeah, this was different. This was, they called it Mikey's World. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. You yeah, had the yeah, little yeah. guy, blah, blah, blah. he's no, in space. I he's remember, yes. On, in the jungle, he's on a volcano. And you'd, you'd ask questions and whoever got the question right would go. And they would never get to the fucking goal. Right. I mean, it just this doesn't happen. And so you'd get a point for winning that round. And there was a, what the fuck was it? It was like stupid things. Um, he died or whatever. I don't know what the Does fuck. Doesn't really know. matter. Let's no. just get to the meat of this. And that's when they went to the final round. Video challenge. Oh my goodness. They went inside the video game. That was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Like they were, you know, obviously they were just super, impo- they were on a, a blue screen at that time before green screen. And to them, it's just a bunch of like padded blocks and like a setup. But the way they make it look to you is that they're actually in a video game and they're climbing up ladders and they're touching things. But they're doing it like the weatherman does it. They're looking at the screen that they're on and kind of putting their hand up where it might be. You can tell by the way they're going like this. You yeah, know? they'd have to they'd go into whatever, if it was the jungle or the moon base or the... Um the Mayan tomb, whatever, ancient tomb. Yeah. And they'd have to like collect three coins. Right. And so they'd have to like figure out where they were. I don't know how the hell it worked. Well, like, I, I watched how it worked. It was a blue screen. And no, no, but like how it actually worked in real, like how was it difficult? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Cause I think they had, it was kind of an obstacle course set up, but in just padded blue things. Like, I sort so, of feel like they took that because you at that point you'd have to be like, looking at a monitor to see what Well you're... that's what I'm saying. They did it like the weatherman where they have to actually look at the monitor. You can tell. They're trying to reach like this and they're looking at the camera oh going the wrong way because it's I feel it's... like they just took that monitor though and put it in a really awkward place so the kids couldn't really see. Well it had to make it challenging in some way, you know what I mean? Really? <laughs> I think part of the deal was like you have to play it the way it's played or your thing's not gonna air. You know what I mean? Do you want to win these prizes or not? Nickelodeon had a ton of game shows like that, which would bring us to like Legends of the Hidden Temple, which is like your favorite one. I mean, your 30th birthday was a Legends of the Hidden Temple party, which was fun as hell. Oh, you have to do. I love this is the show that like I so desperately wanted to be on, like more than any other show ever. Like I don't, I would rather be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Uh, excuse me, Legends of the Hidden Temple instead of playing in the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> I love this show. At the time, we're talking. No, right? I'm talking right oh, okay. now. Like, if Yikes. they did an adult, I would do that. I'd be like, you know what? No, no, no. No, I won't play. I won't be in the World Series or the Super Bowl. I would rather just see if I can get across that moat. Legends of the <laughs> fat over 35-year-olds. You're saying I'm fat? I don't know. I'm saying, okay, I, I, I thought it'd be easier to digest if I said we were both fat like I did, but I guess not. Uh, I don't consider myself fat. I'm husky. Husky, husky's a good term. Yes, big boned. So yeah, this show <laughs> loved Legend of the Hidden Temple. It combined all of the elements that I loved. It uh, was a good show. What was like that big giant Olmec? Exactly. I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> you so do you remember the show at all? A little bit. Yeah. Let's take it back to my my birthday party, my thirtieth birthday party, which is what two days ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> you wish. Uh, you had to do the moat. Yeah. And so that was when you had to cross the water as a team. And sometimes you'd be in the little skiff. Sometimes you'd have to swing. Sometimes you'd have to like crawl and go up and down. And then they'd kick a team out, which I know if I ever got on, I would have got kicked off on the moat because it just sounds about right. Right. Because I would have picked purple parrots. Absolutely. <laughs> would have purple. Then you do the steps of knowledge. Yes. Steps of knowledge. I feel like I would have rocked. 
So what is that? You take a step, you answer a question, you take a step. So no, opposite. You step down. Okay, same uh, idea though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, first team to get to the bottom. You're descending as opposed to ascending. I get it. Yeah. I don't know the difference between ascending. Don't use big words. <laughs> and so the first two teams to get to the bottom who answered. I think it was you had to answer three questions, right? I think you'd get to the bottom, and then you'd go into the temple games. The temple games were where you would compete in the physical challenges. So, so the, this is not the obstacle course part yet, then. All right, fine. Let, fuck it. Let's jump right to the temple Thank run. Thank you so much. The temple run is where everyone wanted to be. Right. And then you watch the kids in there. And when they, so they would, if you don't know the show, it was like basically like 12 rooms or so stacked top. And like there was an obstacle course, but it was like two dimensional for everyone to watch, except you had to figure out a way to get in there to assemble the, the silver monkey. And based on how well you did in the show, you got pendants of life. Most people went in there with two pendants, and there were temple guards, like, hidden. And I don't mean just, like, sort of hidden, like, literally behind things, underneath things. So you'd go into a room, and that temple guard would jump out and grab the kid. And nine out of ten kids would shit themselves. They were so (laughs) fucking terrified. Like, jumping back, like, screaming. Like, you know that at least a dozen kids shit themselves in that time. Oh, without a doubt. And you'd have to give them the pendant. If they didn't have the pendant, they, like, bear-hugged you, and your partner would have to come in. Yeah. And then once you got to the middle and you had to assemble the the monkey, no one could fucking do it. <laughs> it's the same monkey every fucking show yeah. when there's three parts, and a kid would spend 50 seconds out of their minute trying well, to assemble a monkey. That's because they're in panic mode. You know what I mean? Like, time's running out. They're gassed from what they just did. That's, like, the whole point of the show. Like, buddy, we're going to throw everything at you, and you're not going to have a chance at the easiest thing in the world. My favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's, Absolute a, it's a good favorite. one. And that's, you know, there's a few more. Uh, Wild and Crazy Kids is one that I remember really well from back then. Um that was a good show. That was a good show. It was fun, and that, that lasted for a long time. And the other one, which is really huge, and we'll just finish off the game show run here, is Guts. <sighs> the aggro crag. Guts is, like, I would put Guts in my Legends of the Hidden Temple place. But Guts was awesome, and that was the show that, like, if you had athletic ability, you lo- looked at that show and said, I could do that. You know what I mean? I could be that well, good. Well, it was American Gladiators for kids. It really was, and it was awesome. And then, you know, the terms like aggro crag, and, and Mike O'Malley was the host, and he was so good. And, you know, let's send it over to Mo. Mo! Oh, he was the best. <laughs> yeah. He's the same guy who did those the Rick commercials on ESPN where he's like the Boston fan, and, you know, he's kind of like... But he was great. Um, the events were great. The events that I remember is definitely the... All, all four kids have bungees, or three of them, whatever it would be, and they're on bungee cords, and they jump down, they jump up with the ball, they try to put the ball in the basket, and they jump back and jump down, put the uh, ball in the basket. Well, a lot of the sort of activities were a derivative of that. Right. There was one where you had the um, the Nerf bow and arrow, and you had to shoot, the, you'd jump down, jump up, shoot the target, and come right. back. Uh, it was it was good. I love it. Um, they had the pool, right? It was like usually like there's a paddling one. Yep. And I felt like sort of isn't that the same as the moat from Legends of the Hidden Temple? A little bit, a little bit. I don't know if which one you know came first. Honestly, I I actually wouldn't. I, they might have come at the same time. I'm not sure. Yeah, they had ones. There was like a soccer one. Yeah. We had to, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was literally American Gladiators uh, for kids. And then they had the aggro crag, which is really what everybody thinks about is the aggro crag. I mean, you know how much I would pay to have one of those trophies. 
You know how much I would pay to have an aggro crag? As much as I could, <laughs> like in I guess. In my backyard. Right. Like people like, you get, you sort of you get some money, like I'm going to have an indoor basketball court, indoor tennis court, indoor swimming pool. No, I'm going to have an indoor aggro crag. That'd be a great idea. We should take your backyard and just turn it into like a, a, an outside aggro crag, you know? Well, we should do the super aggro crag. Remember when they did, they went, guts went global? Yes, yes. And global they made this guts. massive. You know, that was, that was, that was after thing. my time, Global Guts, but I do remember it. I remember the, the theme song, too. You know, that was a good one. That I mean, that after that, there's really not a lot of shows that I remember, um, you know, game show type things. You? No, that's it. Cause I mean, because that, that's when we start, you stop watching them. Well, exactly. And that's that's what moves us into... When they first start Nicktoons, I guess, is really where we're at right now. Um, and that would be the first three tunes that came out for Nickelodeon. Rugrats, Ren and Stimpy, and Doug. I love those shows. Uh, all three of them were like, you know, timeless, classic shows. I can watch them now. Well, I would think, you know, I mean, obviously Rugrats, I would think, was the most successful one because they ended up going into the late 90s. They having three them, movies. They had the movies, right. But... Although it was one of my favorites, my favorite is Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy is like one of my favorite shows of all time. Well, Ren and Stimpy is one of those shows that shouldn't have been for kids. Uh, it, it, there's nothing about Ren and Stimpy that's for kids. How it even got through is beyond me because you look at Rugrats, that's definitely a kid's show. You look at Doug, that's a you know little, show. little older kid's show, but still a kid's show. Ren and Stimpy is disgusting and like there's fart jokes and booger jokes and like people getting beat up and, and rubber nipples and like it's just so out of bounds and crazy. Well, they would do, you know, the thing that I liked about them the most was that they're like hyper focused. So you'd go in and, like, you know, Ren would have a toothache, and they'd zoom into this, like, <laughs> close, and he's got, like, worms going through his teeth. Oh, yeah, he's got, that's his nerve ending. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, my great. goodness. You know, you go to those nose, and there'd be hairs and boogers. Those close-ups, right, those close-up shots um, is something that's gone on. You know, SpongeBob totally took that close-up, disgusting shot of, you know, something that you didn't really see it on. But there was so many episodes of that show, Space Madness and and Ren Hoek, you know, uh, Sven Hoek, excuse Sven me. Sven Hoek, <laughs> yeah, so the leader Hosen. Don't whiz on the electric fence. Powdered Toast Man. Powdered Toast Man, he flies backwards and clenches things in his butt. I don't think this show is for children, mind you. It's not for children. It really isn't. Uh, another one of my favorite episodes, I don't know if you remember them, like, by episode, but there's this one episode where... Stimpy enters a contest uh, for Gritty Kitty, and they come, and Ren answers the door, and they say, hey, we're here for Stimpy. Um, tell him he's won a million dollars in the Gritty Kitty contest, and then Ren just starts acting like, I'm the cat, and he starts scratching <laughs> yeah. him. He's, he's, oh, my goodness. That show, it, and it was only like the first two seasons of it, because after that, they fired the guy who created it, because he was kind of a dink, I guess, and when the show ended, they rebooted it. I don't know what, what it was. Sometime in the two thousands, where they remember that reboot? They did it on Spike TV, and it was like super disgusting, and it was like offensive. It wasn't even funny. So, like, that's really all you got from Ren and Stimpy. I think that was that's got to be early two thousands because that's I, what I like thought. Two thousand two, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just like um, instead of being like this close up that's sort of cartoony, it was like I'm gonna make this hyper realistic and gonna focus, and there's gonna be mucus coming out. Yeah, of the and nose, you know, and it was and like, but it was more like the the. The jokes is like ass jokes. It was like that sort of thing. It was like watching Dumb and Dumber, and then watching Dumb and Dumber Two. 
You know, like how... Why did you watch Dumb and Dumber 2? It was awful. It was hard to even, like... I didn't even get through it. It was so embarrassingly bad. That's kind of what that was. But Ren and Stimpy, to me, is like the most timeless one. It's one I still own the first three seasons on DVD because it's just such a good show. Space Madness. Space Madness. So good. So good. Love I, it. What about Doug? Doug, so Doug is one of my favorite shows. Me too. It's so good. Actually, at one point in my life, as a younger person, after Doug has left my life, uh Went to a Halloween party as Doug Funny and Patty Mayonnaise. Yeah, that's right. Hattie was Patty. Yeah, Hattie Mayonnaise. Yeah, yep. I won myself a nice bottle of Bacardi for that. That was great. That's awesome. You know, $150 in Halloween stuff. Got a $20 bottle of Bacardi. It was great. Nice. Well, the funny thing about Doug, um, before we talk in depth about the show, is that Nickelodeon let that show go. Disney ended up buying that. And that's when you ended up seeing Doug on um, Saturday morning ABC for a long time. It was a totally different show. But... A lot of things about Doug. I mean, the theme song's amazing. That little acapella did oh, it. so good. But they were all in that same ilk of that time. You yeah. Know, think about the Rugrats. Rugrats theme is like that, too. Yeah. So good. But Doug, the Beats. Love the Beats. The Beats, Beats World Tour. Oh, my God. Killer Tofu. Killer Tofu. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you had Patty Mayonnaise. Um, we have Roger. Yeah, With his like, right. the, like a yeah. massive beak news, and yeah. he has like that sideways hair, That's, pork chop. Oh, so good. Yes, I mean, Doug was you know another one of my favorite ones that it didn't last forever as one of my favorites, but I, I even watched it when it was on ABC in the morning, Saturday mornings when he got on ABC once it was gone. I loved it. Loading. You know, Quail Man. Quail Man, yeah. Oh, God, so good. And then, you know, just, you know, to shoot it out, Rugrats. Rugrats was a great show. Tommy Pickles. Um, what was his father's name? Mr. Pickles? I don't even know. <laughs> Thomas Sr.? <laughs> Thomas Sr. <laughs> uh, they had Phil and Phil. And what was the other one's name? Lil. Lil. Phil and Lil. You had Chucky. You Angelica. Had Angelica, who was basically... Um, you Just know, a the, bitch. Yeah, a total bitch. Exactly. That oh, girl you didn't want to deal with. Stu Pickles? Is mm. that his dad's name, Stu? That's the father's name. Yep, Stu, not Thomas Sr. I'm sorry. Didi? Uh, <laughs> Didi? Does that sound right? I don't even know. Now you're taking it too far. Oh, sorry. Whatever. But uh, you know, Rugrats was the most successful one. Rugrats is the one that late 90s ended up having a big movie that made a lot of money for Nickelodeon Studios and all that. Well, they, then they go to Rugrats, go to Paris. Right. And then you get your second wave of cartoons after that, which is your Rocco's Modern Life, your Hey Arnold's. Is that um, Thor Wild Thornberries? Is that in there? That's Are a little bit later. That's more later nineties. Because I know like, there's, there's that crossover with which that, was great. Was a movie, with the, yeah, with the Rugrats and the Thornberries. Exactly. There was that movie, um, and there was also, um, you know, like I said, Rocco's Modern Life and Hey Arnold. Marco's Modern Life. I loved Marco's Modern with Heifer. Oh, Marco's Modern Life. That's awesome that you just. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, Rocco's Modern Life. I remember when it came out. We loved it. We thought it was. Have you? No, they relaunched that. Have you seen is that? It, is it Heffa? There's a movie on Netflix. Oh God! Is it? Is it? Is it, is it another jagged manga uh, animated show? I don't know. I, I, my, I can't get my kids to watch these things, and I can't justify watching them on my own. Mm -hmm. Like when they do a Rocco's Modern Life, and I'm like, I love this show. Rocco's Modern Life. I mean, it it was such a great show. Because it was so different. And right. I loved it. I loved the idea. It, you know what it really reminded me of was Pee Wee's Playhouse. 
Yeah, it had that vibe to it. It that, did. Like, over oversized, bright colored, primary colored. Like, yeah, you know, and nothing is square. Everything's like a like an angled square. You know, almost like a Beetlejuice door type thing. Yeah, I loved it. It's like let's say postmodern Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm not sure. I think Hey Arnold might have been a little bit later. Hey Arnold is later. I, I remember Hey Arnold as one of those shows that was on when I was in late middle school. Yeah. Uh, remembering it being a show, not a show that I watched. I mean, he had a football. Oh, I, I watched it. I, I actually like Hey Arnold. I think it's a good show. I think it came a little earlier than you think it did, maybe mid-90s, but I can't be sure about that. You're 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 forgetting how old I am? Mid-90s is when I was in middle school. <laughs> I don't um, I don't want to go too far yet before we come back um, You know, t- to this early 90s thing because next thing I want to talk about after we take a break is SNCC, Saturday Night Nick. So when we come back, we'll talk some Saturday Night Nick. Snake, baby. No other night. Tonight. No other place. Here. No way to stop it. Snake, baby. So anytime I ever think of SNCC, it brings me back to the um, the what was it's like the teens club or the the teen room. Remember we had that that club at the park. Yes, we did. Yep. And I remember Saturday nights, we would you guys because you're a little bit older than me. You guys would be able to stay there later. Yep. And you guys would do the SNCC thing. Right, so they awesome. you'd be watching the shows, and I remember going there and getting the opportunity to stay a little bit late one night because I don't know, mom or dad just didn't care that I was there late. And you guys weren't actually watching Snick. <laughs> what were we watching? You were watching Miami Vice, <laughs> and uh, I was like, What is this? What is Miami Vice? <laughs> right, That's awesome, you yeah. watched it, was I believe it was Miami Vice and Knight Rider. Oh, two great shows right there. That's for sure. But you guys were watching those and not Snick. Because they must have come on at 9. Right. And so... Well, Snick f- started at 8. Right. So yeah. you've got the first hour of Snick. And well, then- when it came to Snick, I mean, I my favorite show of all time on Snick was Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's like the one we always waited for. It was a... You know, kid level scary show. You know what I, I mean? I loved it. I loved it. You know, the whole idea, because like for me, it was like, remember the Goosebumps books? Mm-hmm. It was that. It was. That's what you know, it was, yeah. Yeah, but it was on show, on the show. And, you know, you had to take the oath. Yep. Loved it. I loved it. It was, it was so much fun because it was the right amount of scary. Right, just enough where it would where it could get through and be on there. I mean, I I remember the the intro actually pretty well. I remember it would scan by in like an attic, and there'd be like a a marionette doll, and then there'd be like a keyhole with a light sticking out, and then they would just show that hand that lit the match to show the logo. Are you afraid of the dark? And then we get to a cool blue. I remember that like it was yesterday. And then they you come to the show, it all come and everyone get to the, the same they'd, they'd fire be, pit. They'd be sitting around the fire pit, almost in the same position probably every time too. And then it would be, you it's know. It's like they filmed every one of those and then they filmed the show after. Yeah, submitted for your approval. Yeah. The Midnight Society, I call this story. Oh, wow, you remember that better than I do, but I yes, I do. I and then they would do whatever the name of the story was. And you know, I don't know the names of the stories, but you don't remember. That was the oath that you know I was sort of talking about where you have to every show started that, which was awesome. That was good stuff. Um that you know, they took some they took the Ren and Snippy and put it on SNCC. They took some uh, they took Pete and Pete, put it on SNCC. 
you know, anything that they thought people would want to watch. And they made it for us. That was Saturday night for kids. You know, it's, it's snick time. Like, oh, wow, what a great concept. Who came up with this? Because this is a killer idea. Yeah, it was it was awesome. I mean, you know, they people have T-shirts now. I mean, it, you know, we're living in an age where everything is on there. Well, everything's retro now. I mean, you get to a certain age, and everything of your time, like you know, twenty, thirty years in the past, is the big deal. Yeah, they did so many good things. Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? Absolutely loved it. Yep. Calissa uh, explains it all. You know, that was a Calissa um, explains it all. I remember it, um, and I remember loving it because I'm around that age. I was, you know, between eleven and thirteen, and that was like the precursor to all the shows you have now. All the live action, um, sitcom-esque teenager shows that have been on the Disney Channel and are on Nickelodeon now. It's pretty much their whole formula kind of based off that one show. Yeah, which is weird because I don't remember it being great. I don't remember it being a big deal either. You know I just I remember mean? it being for us. Right. right. You know, the thing that was like, again, we talked about how Nickelodeon did that thing where they really hit that niche market where it was like, we know what we need to do to make kids feel like it's for them. Right. You know, the commercials were all geared for them. Well, everything was like, everything was like parents are stupid. Kids know everything. Watch Nickelodeon, you know? That's what I, what I loved about it. But I remember about Clarissa Explains It All, how quirky it was. Like, and I really liked that about it. And like the friend would come up through the window. Um, is that the same show where the boy, her buddy, the guy friend would come up through the yeah. window? Yep. Like, all those little things. I remember it pretty well. I obviously didn't watch it a lot, but it definitely had a big influence on, you know, children's media thereafter. Well, I mean, the thing that I remember most about it is it, it reminded me of, like, Punky Brewster. Yeah. Where, like, the 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 protagonist character, in this case, was, you know, Clarissa, yep. was, like, really quirky, had, like, this... It was the 90s, so it was, like, this funky fashion sense where you're mixing stripes and polka dots and yep. you different colored shoes and like you know just sort of weird over the top sort of color palette which was always the thing that i mean i was younger so those are things that stuck out in my mind i, I remember them too though i do and i that like makes me think hey we should do a whole podcast on 90s fashion by the way and i think we will do that at some point in the future uh other shows one that you probably didn't watch because i think it was more towards me was uh secret world of alex mack yeah, I never watched it. I remember it being on there. And like we said before, it was the girl from... Um, it's Bianca. Bianca from... Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. 10 Things you. I Hate About You, exactly. Was it, uh, her name is like Larissa or something. The prick. It is Larissa, actually. I think, yeah. yeah. Wow, you're good. I love Alice. The Secret World of Alex Mack. Yeah. This was one of my favorite shows. I think this is one of the shows where you, you remember just some things about it. But the things that you remember about it sort of make you feel a certain way. Well, was she like a, like a Sherlock Holmes type thing? Is that what the show so is? So what happens is she's like outside playing and like a there's a car accident and she gets chemicals all spilled over and then she gets all these abilities. Right. Her skin doesn't burn off from the chemicals. She just gets all kinds of abilities, Marvel style. Well, listen, if... Is that the NCU, the Nickelodeon? Ex- <laughs> I guess. <laughs> what you don't know is that, you know, it's the same chemicals that blinded Daredevil and the same... Chemicals and, and the Ninja, Ninja Turtles, yes, the, of course. Turtles, yes. Yeah. So the secret, <laughs> so the secret world of Alex Mack. My favorite part was when her pet rat used to mimic. No, are we on the wrong thing? Wrong yet? one. <laughs> this is actually. See, you wouldn't remember this, but she can turn into like liquid metal, a la like T one thousand. Get out of here! Is this oh, for yeah. real? This is for real from the show. Like that's one of her abilities. That's so crazy. And yeah, and then she, her, her, and her friend, her 
not I bet, boyfriend. I, I but bet just the friend. CGI looked amazing too when she did that, right? Oh, it it looks like it was, was done. On was like it a Mortal Lisa Kombat Annihilation like like quality level? Better than that. <laughs> Everything's better than that. And so yeah, exactly. They would go and they would figure out what's going on in the world in their city and solve mysteries and stop crimes from happening. You know, just real quick off the subject here, since you mentioned the T one thousand, how come the T eight hundred has no idea why we cry, but he has detailed files on human anatomy. I have detailed files on human anatomy. Why do you cry? Huh? That that wasn't in the files? Did somebody mess something up here? Well, he knows what tears are, and he knows what tear ducts are for, but he doesn't... But he doesn't know the emotion of them. Right, because he's your a That's your explanation, robot. really? Yeah, he doesn't... All right, you explain emotion. Your detailed files on humans had nothing to do with emotion, which is pretty much everything humans are. Whoa, whoa. It was the anatomy. Anatomy is just the structure. I guess so. Right? I guess so. If we're going to do anatomy and physiology, maybe. But it's poor programming. I mean, that's all I got to (laughs) say. Well, it was machine learned, right? Machines learned how to program, and then they teach machines, and then machines don't know anything. Exactly. But anyway, um, some other shows that I started, when these shows started coming out, I'm 14, 15. I'm out smoking weed and partying rather than actually watching these anymore. But um, shows like All That. Very influential show on uh, Nickelodeon. All that was that something that you watched? Uh, I watched a little bit of all that, but I was at the same same age as you. I wasn't out smoking pot. I right. was just not at home. I was out doing other things. I get it. Yeah, no, but still, that's like that was a really influential show on the show. I mean, that spawned shows like Keenan and Kel. Well, it was it was a show that was like SNL for kids. It, uh, right. Again, it was it was like an actual SNL for kids. It was skits and. Um, it had some people on it, like it had Keenan and Kel, like I said. It also had uh, Danny Tamburino, whatever his name is, from Pete and Pete. Yeah. And it had that, um, the heavyset girl there, Beth something, something. I don't remember what her yeah, name she was. she was funny. She, she was funny, She yeah. used to wear, like, the um, the pedicap and... Yep, and it had Amanda Bynes on it, who ended up getting her own show as well, The Amanda Show. Yeah. Did you ever watch The Amanda Show? No. I thought that show was great. I know. She went a little crazy, though, didn't she? That was many years later, but... Um, it has, probably has to do with something in the water at Nickelodeon Studios. I wouldn't doubt it, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed um, Amanda's show after that, but that at that point, I had my own kid, so I was watching the reruns of it with him. And Yeah, I didn't see... At that point, I'm shifting away from Nickelodeon. Well, we all are. This is when we're getting into later 90s, where we're, you know, we're getting into, like, mid to late teens, and we're not watching things anymore. Although I did watch Our Real Monsters, and that's more of like 96, 97. I did like that. was one of the shows that I did like. Yeah, it was a great show. I mean, it was monsters, though, you know? Yeah, it was Rugrats Monsters, wasn't it? It was like the same. It was, it was the same animation. Plasky, Scoopo, whatever it is. With um, Ick. Is that his name? I don't know. I the, remember the, the fat guy one. held his eyeballs. Um, there was the chick one. Well, Ick was the. the Purple one with the big blue lips. Yep. I love that show. Yeah, I did too. I don't remember it that well, but I do remember when it be, when it was out, we watched it. You know, it was a good one. Well, because it was one of the shows that was like, oh, this is sort of for little kids, but I guess it's not. Crumb? Right. Is his name Crumb? I think so. The guy with the hands. The heavyset guy. Yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, heavyset again. Here we go. See, I'm trying to be politically correct and nice to people. Well, he's not fat. He's just heavyset. He's big boned. He's big boned. Um. Anyway... So that, you know, that spawned a lot of good shows. A lot of this came from SNCC. Um, and they had a lot of things going. They, they started the Kids' Choice Awards at some point, which is kind of a big deal in Nickelodeon, which I never pay attention to. 
Uh, that might have been later. It might have started at my time, but I don't remember that. No, very that was well. that was later. It was same. That was like the you pick live type era. Is that that's a little late. You, you pick live is. Do you remember this at all? Not this, at all. It, it was one of those things. It was like TRL, but for cartoons. So I assume it's around that time. Then. Yeah, you would kids would get to vote. I don't know how they voted. Kids would vote on the show, and you'd be like, "All right, coming up next, it would be either this show or that show," and depending on what voted for. Well, by that time there was, you know more widespread internet access, so they could use things like that. We still had dial-up, so... But you could go on the website, you could click it, and maybe on tomorrow's show, they know what you clicked. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it was just made up, to be honest. I don't (laughs) think kids voted, because I'm watching these going, who the fuck wants this? Yeah, well, you know, um, before we move on, all that, I just want to mention Nick Cannon was on all that. You know, obviously one of the greatest entertainers of the last 35 years. He's hilarious. Nick Cannon's my dad now. (laughs) I mean, the thing about Nick Cannon that you guys don't know is he is one of the preeminent lyricists and rappers. (laughs) Yeah, he sure is. He had a battle rap with Eminem. Is that what we call it? Well, what he did was he hired some really good rappers and got a good beat and put them all in the song. And the song's actually good until the very end when Nick Cannon comes in and starts doing some rap. And it's like, this is embarrassing. This is so bad. I mean, it was sort of like me trying to dunk on Shaq. Yeah. Just impossible. And people say like, because, you know, oh, we had a... Uh, a war with Eminem so we could get his name out there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Nick Cannon's name is actually bigger than Eminem's at this point, okay? Definitely. Eminem has not made a good album. I don't care what you people say since 2003. Literally. The Eminem show was his last good album. I don't care what anybody says. Is that before or after the Marshall Mathers LP? Uh, that's after. His Marshall Mathers number two. That's his uh. best one, if you ask me. That and the first one. But... After that is when you stop really getting your Dre beats. You know what I mean? He starts making his own beats and well, goes, no, 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 just stick to lyrics, kid. You don't know what you're doing. These beats are horrible. Well, I think the problem with it is he is no longer poor and angry. Yeah, he's that happened. filthy rich. That happened after the second album. It was like, okay, now he's just complaining about being rich. I'm done with this guy. I have nothing in common with him. Right, like, you know, and then, you know, D12 breaks up. You know, it's uh, a whole... Yeah, it's all because of him, too. Uh, back in, anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah. uh, at the time, they come out with Nick Jr. as well, which is, is a big deal, and it's something that was a big boom for the company with shows like Blue's Clues and Dora the Explorer and Bob the Builder. You may not have watched it, but you know of all these things. I mean, I remember, you know, Blue's Clues from your son. Yeah, Blue's Clues, and that was, you know, even before that. That's more 90s Blue's Clues, uh, Dora the Explorer and Bob the Builder, The Big Comfy Couch. Things that I never watched or you did, but I was around children who were watching that at the well, time. Is that that's when they did like Nick Jr. was a separate channel though for us, right? I don't. I think it was a separate channel. I think it may have become or was it just a, a programming block that was separate. Yeah, it was. It was. It was more during the day when we'd be in school and kids would be well, watching Nickelodeon. Somebody would be in school. I think eventually me. it did spawn off to its own network. Uh, it could be. I don't even know. I don't pay attention. Didn't to that watch as much. it. And you'll see when you listen. Like this is where our holes in Nickelodeon. And we I have tons of holes in Nickelodeon. We are not Nickelodeon experts. We're just a couple of kids who grew up watching Nickelodeon. Want to talk shit about it and did a little bit of research so we could have something to base it on. But if you listen to the podcast, we have no idea what we're talking about don't fact check this please (laughs) i mean don't we you don't have to fact check that we know nothing we're telling you now right you don't have to even look that up you'll never even find our names if you look for them on the internet no internet footprint thank you very much and also around this time they they start making movies as well um i think like their first real big movie was the rugrats movie their first produced movie by themselves nickelodeon studios um and they released a Good Burger movie before that, but I think that was a TV movie. No, that was a movie that was came it? out because I remember I was ca- I was working in a video store and that came out and that came out and that had like one of the best VHSs ever. 
because it was like that Nickelodeon bright orange. Oh, yes, of course. And we had the big fucking, the big poster of it, and it's like Keenan and Kel, is that his name? Keenan Kel, yep. And they're both like in their like McDonald's copyrighted hat, you know, the 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 Good Good Burger Burger outfit. And they're like sort of jumping through and just being these fun-loving guys, and this guy's really stupid, and somehow he gets the job, like that sort of thing. (laughs) I remember the movie... And remember being like another one of those, like this is perfect for people of that age. Yeah. Now at that point, I'm not watching it because I'm not of that right age. You know, I've moved on to much better movies. Right, but it wasn't the hit that like they got with the Grug- uh, the Rugrats movie, excuse me, in '98, because that's when they really get a big hit on their hands. It does really well at the box office, far exceeds expectations and the budget of the movie. And um, you'd think that after that, that would have put them in a position to start making some really quality movies because they maybe have the money. But no, they just put out more Rugrats movies and they add the Wild Thornberries into it. I never saw that one. I'm not sure how it was, but I know that it made money at the theaters, you know? Yeah, we, I recently saw that maybe a year and a half ago when my son was interested in Rugrats. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> right? It didn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have that same, it's not Reptor on Ice. Right, you know? right. Um, and now you're talking about 99, and in 99, obviously, SpongeBob comes out. Uh, I think it's August 17th, 1999, they release it. And I'm a stoner. This is before I have a kid. We still watch SpongeBob. It was hilarious. It, I, I think it's one of the best animated shows of all time, if you ask me. Um, and then when my son was born, you know, we kind of, he grew up watching SpongeBob. SpongeBob was one of our favorites, and that leads you to the 2004 movie for Spongebob, which was a huge hit for them because of how big Spongebob is. I think that was really their last real big hit of a movie. I could be wrong on that, but I mean, the only other movie I even have on here that came out is Avatar, which was awful. Oh, yeah, that was not good. I mean, the show was great. The show came out around 2005-ish, I think. Uh, five, seven, maybe? 2007? Somewhere around that. Right. Um. But you're not done with SpongeBob. Um, I'll never be done with SpongeBob. I love SpongeBob. The only thing I can talk about now in this millennium of Nickelodeon is Avatar. Mm-hmm. Now, SpongeBob, I know Sandy the Squirrel. You don't know Squidward. You don't oh, know Squidward. Patrick Star. You don't know uh, Mr. Krabs. Like, SpongeBob I, is one of the quintessential cartoons of this era. And like I said, look at um, Nickelodeon programming. It still is almost a whole day of SpongeBob because SpongeBob brings the ratings. They hit gold with that show. Um, Stephen Hillenbrand is the one who created He's He just passed away, right? A couple, yeah, between this year and last it was, year. It was last year. Which is sad. I mean, the guy's probably ridiculously rich from that. That, that. They make so much money off the property of SpongeBob. It really changed Nickelodeon. I mean, I know two things about SpongeBob. Well, now I know a couple more things. Because I told you. Because you told me. Right. Um, actually, I know a few things about SpongeBob. I've never had him watch an episode. I know... He lives in a pineapple under the sea. He sure does. Uh, I know that. Absorbent and yellow and porous is he. I know he lives um, in Bikini Atoll. Yes, Bikini Bottom. Yeah, but Bikini Atoll is the... Is the whole area? Is the island. Is that that the Tamriel and he lives in Skyrim type thing? No, no, that's where they tested nuclear weapons. Oh, yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, so that's why it's called Bikini Bottom. And that's why he's a mutant. I know that. um, (laughs) Is he a mutant? Is that a classified Marvel lore? Uh, SpongeBob's a mutant? Uh, sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> and I know that Patrick, his friend, is too stupid, so he lives under a rock or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's it. That, uh, well, here's the deal. Oh, oh I do. I know other thing. Uh, the Krusty Krab. The Krusty Krab, you know, the Krabby Patty. I know that, what's it, Mr. Krab? Is that Mr. his name? Mr. Krabs, yeah. The only reason he sells crab burgers is because he tried one and said it was delicious. 
Yeah, you know, I never thought about that. I guess that's a little strange, huh? He's selling patties of his own kind. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I know. I don't think they ever mentioned what the Krabby Patty's made out of. Made out of crab. You know the best character on that whole show is, besides SpongeBob, is Plankton. Is that the little thin guy that the gets The little super Plankton? Big? Oh, he's the best. He's got this scheme, just randomly this one episode, um, to get a Krabby Patty and put it in his little machine to find out what the ingredients are. But what ends up happening is... He gets end up put in the machine, and the laser zaps him to tell him what he is. And um, his little computer girl, who talks like she's from Canada, it's ninety nine percent hot gas, one percent evil. Oh my god, the show's so good. Yeah, I got nothing. Sorry. You need to take the DVDs I have and bring them home and watch them with your son because the show is stoner legend. Yeah, but I'm not a stoner. I know, but it doesn't matter. Like having kids get it. Kids are like stoners; they get it. So kids are smart. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, I <laughs> uh, just want to finish out their movies. They did make the Turtles movies, the most recent ones, which is, you know, why would I even talk about those movies? They're terrible. Right? I, I wouldn't talk about yeah, them. Well, exactly. And they made The Adventures of Tintin, if you want to get... Um, I never saw it either. <laughs> I got nothing. It was actually that. supposed to be really good. Wasn't that Steven Spielberg? I don't know. I heard the Polar Express is really good, too, and then I looked at the animation and got terrified. It was worse than any horror movie I've ever seen in my life, so I wasn't sure if Tintin animation was like that, but it did have that feel to it. In the, so it uh, looks like it, yeah. Yeah, which is creepy. Like It's the almost human, not human creep-out-like phase, you know what I mean? So I didn't touch that. Uh, before we wrap this up, because I've had a great episode, I really enjoyed talking about Nickelodeon, but I am running out of things to say, as you can tell. Uh, a couple, they, They've had a lot of video games, too. They've all sucked. Literally. I can't think of one video game they've had except for one game. Uh, we played Ren and Stimpy on the SNES video. So I remember playing that one a oh, that's lot. That's a Genesis. No, Genesis had a different uh, game. But th- there was quite a few of them that came out. Maybe three or four that came out for those systems. Maybe I, I only remember playing video. The game's terrible, but it brings me a little nostalgic feel, so I play it. But Rugrats for the PlayStation 1, The Search for Reptar. I loved that game. I don't know if you ever played it. It was awesome. No, I bur- fool me once. So, right, well, well, what you had was you had this overworld, um, and you could go to different areas. It was like a Universal Studios type feel to it, and you'd go into different games. And I just, I, I remember really enjoying it. There's not a lot I can say about it, but I, I did really enjoy it. You know, I can't think of a single video game that I enjoyed. They're all terrible. Nintendo. They are most of them are SpongeBob games nowadays, I and would none never. of them. Right, none of them are good. Right, neither would I. Even though I love SpongeBob, I wouldn't play the game. Um, and that's you know that's pretty much it with the video games for Nintendo, uh, Nintendo Nickelodeon, excuse me. Yeah, I mean there are games like Guts that are just in, unplayable. Didn't I mean, we play it though. We we, we tried yeah. playing it oh, recently. It was so bad. And it was twenty minutes of torture. Yeah, once you finally figure out the controls, the event's over. So it's like, all right, I'm done with this. I, mean, I, only, I only have an hour and a half to play, so let me get let me get my name. I get it. I do. Uh, so let's wrap it up. Um, this is my closing statement. I love Nickelodeon. For me, the golden age of Nickelodeon is late 80s into the early 90s, where I know it's generally stated that the golden age is the 90s in general, and I can understand why. They made the most money. They built that studio. They did all of that shit. Which has since been debunked. 2005, I think they closed that studio down. But that was because they used to film a lot of live action shows. We needed a studio audience. Right, the great shows like Legends of the Hidden Temple. Exactly. Double Dare, all of them. That live style. I don't think Double Dare started there, but I think they eventually moved into um, Nickelodeon It was in Universal. It was in Universal in Florida, yes, where it's hot and sticky in August, so I wouldn't want to be there anyway. Um, But I I love Nickelodeon. 
and it, it's it's on par with me with uh, MTV from when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Like super nostalgia, super coming of age for me, and coming of age with the shows, growing with the shows, and growing with the channel itself. And now I'm not I'm completely detached from it nowadays. I don't even pay attention to it. But you can always bring me back like we did today to talk about it and talk about, you know, the, the feels that we get from it just looking back. Yeah, it's one of those shows where we form, you know, our sense of emotional identity around those episodes, right? You learn what it meant to be scared. You learned what it meant to be, um, I guess, joyous. I don't know. Maybe some of us didn't have a happy childhood. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that, you know, it, it captured a, an emotional moment for you where it, you can always recall the way that you felt when you saw that. Without a doubt. Like, you know, I, I still, if you ask me today, like I said, I would go on any one of those game shows and make a total ass of myself. Oh, yeah. Well, cause at least Double Dare, because at least you'd be an adult and be on Double Dare when they had family Double Dare. You know what I mean? Well, I would do it on any of the shows, honestly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But, yeah, for me, it's the same as you. I mean, you know, we didn't grow up in the golden age of Nickelodeon, per se, you know, if you're looking at what's commonly associated with the golden age. Like the late 90s, we're a little too old for it. We've kind of moved into, uh, you know, different things. But the shows are still just as important to us as whatever, you know, if it's the fairly odd parents for some, you know, kid who's not old enough to drink now. You know, I didn't mention that, but that and Jimmy Neutron was another... Philly Eye Pants is a really good show. That's awesome. Oh, that's because my son was young then. I watched those shows. I really, really liked that show. That's a big recommendation for that one. They did do a um, Jimmy Neutron movie. They did. They also, So that was probably pretty successful at the time, because that was a big I, show. I think it started before... The movie was actually before the show, and then they made a oh, show like, based off the success of the movie. Oh, okay. And one of the best episodes ever is the crossover with the Fairly Odd Parents and Jimmy Neutron, so they switch animation styles, you know, because Jimmy Neutron's like a computer animated, so they switched it, so Timmy from Fairly Odd Parents was in it. That was a really good one, but I was familiar with that because my son, you know, I had a son at that time. I still do. He's just not, (laughs) and he still watches Nickelodeon, just not with me in my lap. And he still lives in the same bedroom. Yeah, he still sits in the same chair and watches the same TV. Listen, he's a millennial now. Millennials don't move out until they're in their 30s. Why do you have to move out when everything you need is right there in your face in your phone, you know? Because you can move out with your phone. It's, that whatever, you want to talk about that since you brought it up? Just get out more, guys. If you're young and you're listening to this, enjoy nature. I mean, we all are on our phones, but try to remember that you're spending a little too much time on it. That's what I do to myself. Well, just do what I do. Just incorporate it into your nature. Walk the dog while watching a show. Yeah, just don't watch videos of nature and say you're listening to nature, all right? Right, take a drive while you watch that show. (laughs) Right. Right? I mean, we have the technology, people. You can multitask. So anyway, guys, uh, thanks so much for listening Stick around. Uh, Next week, we'll be talking about our memories of the Nintendo Entertainment System. So we'll see you then. Nickelodeon